After months of waiting, the American football season returns this weekend with the Arlingas College Football Classic in Dublin, Ireland between Notre Dame and Navy. One of the most esteemed colleges in American football comes to Ireland for a home game for the first time in their history. And we will be with you all the way from this game this Saturday in Dublin to Las Vegas for Super Bowl 58 this February. Football season returns and we're delighted to launch the Pro Football Ireland College Football Podcast. Hey folks, welcome into the Aviva Stadium in Dublin, Ireland. Michael McQuaid, Dark Harger, Connell Diggin for our first ever college football podcast, the PFI College Football Show. Uh, this is going to be great. College football comes to Dublin this Saturday, Notre Dame, Navy. Uh, this podcast is presented by 88 Sport, the official betting partner of the NFL in Ireland and the UK. Dara, I'll start with you, my friend. Welcome. Welcome to Dublin. Here, we're, we're a long way from home, aren't we? We are a long way from home here. It's, uh, it's not quite the athletic grounds here, but it's, it'll do. It'll do for a college football game. <laughs> <laughs> well, from the athletic grounds to Mr. Carey himself, Mr. Boise State himself, uh, Connell, this is this is a big week, man. Yeah, it's it's going to be a long week, I think. Just maybe not a lot of sleep maybe being gotten, but so long as we get to Saturday and we get to watch an amazing football game, that's really all I care about. If you are a regular tuner of our of our NFL coverage, you'll probably have seen these lads on a few podcasts, but we've done a lot of content for the NFL draft a few months ago. We And this is the start of it now. We're going to have a college football podcast at least once a week from week zero right until the CFB playoff, which is, I believe, in New Orleans. So this guy's booking the flights for that. But here, who knows? We're, we're just putting it out there. We'll see what happens. We, we appreciate everybody's support. And if you're trying to get into college football, we, we appreciate you watching this and listening to this. There is an absolute heap of content on this episode and on this broadcast. Here's what we have coming up. We speak to Notre Dame head coach Marcus Freeman about his time so far and his hopes for the season ahead. The athletic and NBC Sports college football expert Nicole Oberbach joins us. Navy head coach Brian Newbury stops by as the team prepare to head to Dublin. Jeff Reinbold has a special show where he looks at the influence that Notre Dame had on his life. And we look ahead to the high school games that take place in Dublin this weekend. So as we said, this is a massive week for college football, for American football in Ireland. And I guess to start off with, Notre Dame coming to Ireland is like the mecca for football fans. An, an institution that prides itself on its, its religion. It's obviously a Catholic university. They're having mass here on Saturday. They are very, very proud to come over here. But forget about all that. Obviously, it's important. They're a hell of a football team, man. Yeah, this is this is not just some kind of exhibition game, definitely not. Notre Dame are one of the top teams in America at the minute. And as you say, perfect culture fit coming over here. They're going to absolutely pack out the stadium. I think they're probably going to send more from one individual team than we've ever seen at a game here in Dublin. So certainly excited to see. I don't know if they're going to be wearing green or if they're wearing gold or navy. We'll see when we get to Saturday. But yeah, it's a, <laughs> one of the top teams in, in all college football. Is certainly their uh, unbelievable defense. Returns eight starters, which is very, very rare for a top-level defense in college football in this day and age. Absolutely. And their old defensive coordinator, Marcus Freeman, is the head coach still in his mid to late 30s as a 32 year old man I feel suddenly very inept I was very I see the interview and I was very very impressed by him but 
I think for anyone just watching them, and Dara said it there, to return those players, to have that defense, but more so to have the offensive part. It's great to have them here, isn't it? It's it's absolutely amazing. And like they're they're a proper team. These aren't like they're not gonna just show up and, you know, play football and like but then that'll be the end of we'll see them of the year. Like this is a genuine team that maybe doesn't have the highest chances of making the college football playoff, but you wouldn't you can't rule them out at the end of the season. And I think this defense, as Dara said, is absolutely amazing. There's some really good offensive pieces and there's a lot of guys you can look forward to seeing in the draft next year as well. We got Navy coming over as well, of course, and obviously it's it's great to have them over as well. They're different because they can under they they can under the transfer portal. It's it's a really interesting thing for them, isn't it? Yeah, it's a, they're probably one of the more unique teams in college football. You see people who aren't really fans of college football, they're sort of confusing like the actual Navy. Is that who's playing? Yeah, that is who's playing. <laughs> the, the Navy have just a massive array of students in America, and so that's what uh, they're a unique team in that they run a triple option offense, which is something that is uh, sort of a thing of the past in modern American football, but it's the most efficient way that they can coach players while also focusing on academic studies and being part of the actual Navy. So uh, it's one of the more unique teams. They are still a very good team. They uh, really gave Notre Dame a run for their money last year. It was one of the better games of the entire season. It was, and that's what, like that, that game, there was two or three points in that game. We were lucky last year to have two or three points in the Northwest in their basket game. How good would it be if that game was so close this weekend? And we'll have our picks at the end, don't worry, but it'd be awesome, wouldn't it? I think this game, like, you know, there there's a clear favourite. Like, I think everyone knows that, and they've been the favourite for pretty much, like, their entire history. But, like, you can't, like, in the interview we did with Nicole Auerbach, which people will see later, you know, she said you can't rule out Navy because their offence is so different from what every other team plays. You know, and then their defense is just one of the best units in the entire country just for like making plays when they need to and getting turnovers when they need to. So it's it'll be it's a really in- interesting matchup, but I, I'm looking forward to see it because Navy are a team who they just shock teams randomly every couple of games. And if we look at one player each, I mean, Jetty Bertrand, who's father, folks, he's, he's a linebacker father from Black Rock in Dublin. He's a, he has a rugby background, played rugby before moving to the States. He had, the, he had the year of his life last year. And he really now, as a, as a captain last year, going into, his, going into his next year as captain, he is the main focal point of this team. No doubt that he's going to get drafted at some point in the NFL. Great guy as well. We, go, we, had, we had the opportunity to meet him a few months ago. But it's not just him. There's some great players in this roster. Yeah, well, on offense, all eyes are on Sam Hartman. He's uh, the new transfer quarterback. Sixth year player in college football. It's not often you see that. That's just... Everything that comes with red shirt years and COVID years, he's he's still still in college football. Not sure. There's a pretty big show over here, QB One on Netflix. Long, long ago, Sam Hartman was in season two back in 2019 in college in in high school. He's come a long way since then. A few incredible years at Wake Forest. Now he's at Notre Dame. Probably the best quarterback Notre Dame have had in, in maybe five or six years. So that really adds an air of legitimacy to their their offense. While their defense is, as I said earlier, still incredible. That really makes them a contender and a team to watch out for this year. Absolutely, and we get to see his first game as well in Dublin. Uh, they have a hell of a run game as well, man. Yeah, and that's that's one thing that I think you can't really rule out. I mean, this is one of the best offensive lines in the entire country. Maybe you could say the interior is a small bit weaker than what you'd want it to be, but their two, their two offensive tackles are players who are going to not only get drafted, but they're going to be really, really good once they get to the NFL Watch out for Joe Walt. He's the left tackle. He's six foot eight, I believe. Six foot eight, and he's just—he's a man mountain, and he just <laughs> runs everyone over on the offensive line. And the running back you need to watch out for is Audric Estime. He's—he had nearly a thousand yards last season with over, I think it was a 
10 or 20 less carries than the next running back. 11, 11 rushing touchdowns. Like he's he's really really special. He just he'll lower the shoulder into anyone and just to gain a couple extra yards. He's really really fun to watch. Well, we're really excited for all those guys. We're excited to see this college football game come on to ES Sports. At some point, please go over the next couple of years if it all gets worked out. This broadcast is presented by ES Sports Madden 24. If you want to win a copy on the PS5 or Xbox, all you got to do is like this YouTube video and comment using the hashtag Madden24. We'll pick a winner the day after the game this weekend. I had a chance to speak to Notre Dame head coach Marcus Freeman last week in terms of his thoughts on coming to Dublin. He's never been to Ireland before, boys. He's in for a, a treat this weekend. Uh, here's the interview we have with Marcus Freeman. Hey folks, welcome in the Pro Football Art of Michael McQueen here. As we get set for Notre Dame against Navy this Saturday in the Aviva Stadium as part of the Erlingus College Football Classic. Well, we couldn't have a better guest than this. Notre Dame head coach Marcus Freeman joins us on what is a huge week for football on the Emerald Isle. And where do you start with Marcus Freeman? He is a guy that is a rising star in the world of not just college football, but football itself. He is the head coach of the Notre Dame Fighting Irish and he has an unwavering passion for the sport. In 2021, Marcus Freeman became the defensive coordinator of Notre Dame. His strategic acumen and player development skills played a pivotal role in strengthening the Fighting Irish's defense and calculating the team to new heights. He then, shortly after, became head coach of Notre Dame football. Known for his genuine connection with his players, Freeman prioritizes instilling discipline, hard work and a winning mentality. Off the field, he remains deeply committed to the community, engaging in philanthropic endeavours and mentoring aspiring athletes. As the head coach of Notre Dame, Marcus Freeman continues to inspire his team, striving for excellence both on and off the field while leaving a mark on the rich legacy of college football. Well, I have to say, out of everyone that I've spoke to over the last three to four to five years, I love this interview with Marcus and he seems like such a decent and genuine guy. And a guy, if you're a player on a team, you believe in him. And I got that motivation just from sitting on a Zoom call. So I'm buzzing. I'm buzzing for you to listen to this interview. It is a great interview. If you've enjoyed it, please do like, share, subscribe on YouTube. Please like, give us a review on the podcast. We appreciate it because such great content coming up this week. As we get ready for the Arlingus College Football Classic between Notre Dame and Navy this Saturday. And if you're interested, you can check out collegefootballireland.com for next year's game, which is Florida State against Georgia Tech. But for now, here's Marcus Freeman. Coach Freeman, uh, first off, man, t- talk to us about your relationship with Ireland. Is, is this your first time coming over to the Emerald Isle this week? Yeah, this will be the first time, and uh, I'm excited. I've heard nothing but great things about the country of Ireland, but also the city of Dublin. And so I'm extremely excited to get over there. Awesome. And like you're, you're, you're entering your second full season as, as head coach of Notre Dame football. Can you talk to us about the pride you had when you, when you were given the opportunity to coach these guys as the head coach for the first time? Yeah. I, these guys are guys that I've fallen in love with and, and guys I have a deep um, um, passion to, to see them have success. And so it is such an honor to um, be the leader of this football program, but um, it's about the the relationships you get to build with these young people and about seeing them reach their goals. So I couldn't have been more honored to to be named head coach here. And obviously the matchup is the first for a number of months against Navy. It's in an interesting setup, thousands of miles from home. Dublin, Ireland to be exact for the Aer Lingus College Football Classic. 
Uh, look, is the approach for this game this week very much the status quo or do you have to approach it differently because of the traveling as well? I think it definitely is the status quo. Um, one, it's you're playing a unique opponent in Navy that that offensively and defensively does uh, some things that you don't see um, really throughout the rest of the year. And two, the the logistics of playing a game in Ireland, um, flying over there and and um, you know, obviously the time change and our, our, the adjustment for our players and, and, and also for them to be able to experience what it's like to, to be in the country of Ireland. And many of them, like myself, have never been there. So um, it isn't a normal week. It isn't a normal game, but uh, we are so excited for the opportunity. We had a great opportunity, Coach, to meet uh, numerous players in Dublin a few months ago and we got to meet Jedi Bertrand. He's got a really interesting backstory uh, with family ties to Dublin. His dad's got a rugby background. Talk to us about his leadership. I think he's going into his fifth year now. He's going to be a real key asset for you guys this season. Yeah, JD's a two-time captain um, that that just uh, is just the ultimate example of what we want our players to be on and off the field. And uh, he's done an amazing job as a football player, but even a better job as a, a leader and, and a, a man of character. And so um, it, kudos to his parents for the the way he's been raised. Um, but he is such a valuable member of our team. It's been two two full seasons so far. What has been your most memorable or enjoyable moment as the head coach of Notre Dame so far? I always say it's the next one, right? And, and um there's a lot of memories that as you look back over the course of these year and a half um, that I'll cherish for our, a long time. But um, we have a lot more to, to continue to make. Um, but most importantly, it's the time you get to spend with these guys. And, and it's about um, those relationships that, that I'll remember forever. Talk to us about that season ahead just after Dublin. You know, you're obviously looking at each week as it comes, but the games against Ohio State and USC really stand out. How do you manage expectation in terms of trying not just to look at it down the stretch, but look week all week as a head coach. Yeah, uh, I think we all know our schedule um, and we know each uh, each season, but each week at, at Notre Dame presents a unique opportunity, a unique challenge. And so the the focus has to be the next one, right? Our focus right now is, is continuing to prepare for Navy and, and playing them on Saturday, but then um, we'll get to the next game of Tennessee State and I think it's uh, NC State and Central Michigan after that. Um, and so we know our schedule, um, but we have to continue to remind ourselves nothing is more important than one coming up. It's a really exciting time in Europe. You know, a lot of people over here are talking about Sam Hartman coming in. It's a really unique setting for him to have his first game. This is a guy coming in from Wake Forest, and it's a really exciting time for you guys as you really elevate that offense to the next level. Yeah, Sam's been great in his transition. He got here in January um, and, again, is another captain just – leader and has, has really gained the respect of his teammates. He is a very talented individual, very talented quarterback, um, but um, his leadership skills are tremendous. And so um, what a great platform for him to play his first game um, for Notre Dame in Dublin, Ireland. Probably a lot different, Coach, from when you first got into coaching a few years ago now, just what the game is like over here. We have the opportunity now to watch on Sky Sports every Saturday night, which is pretty cool, but I'm sure you've seen just close by the growth of American football and the NFL in, in Europe. I'm just wondering how impressed are you with the growth of the game over here, but also the growth of college football over here as well? I just think it speaks to the to the respect and, and um, the really the interest in the game of American football. And um, we had a young man on our team last year that, that finished his senior season named Alex Ehrensberger. He was from Germany. And uh, um, we have a, multiple kids from Canada. And so 
you know, it, this, this sport continues to grow and the popularity across the entire world has been tremendous. And there's some great players in, in, uh, Europe. And so, um, as you see the sport grow in Europe, the sport grow in, in Ireland, um, you'll see some of those players continue to get recruited by American, American universities to, to come and play football and to hopefully continue to move on to the NFL. And so, um, this is a game that I've played for a long time that I have a, a deep love and passion for, and I love to see it grow across the world. Absolutely. And talk to us about the importance of tradition with Notre Dame. This Saturday, we'll actually see an open-air mass in Dublin Castle prior to the game. How important is it for you know yourself, your team, the staff, everybody coming over to maintain that Irish Catholic tradition and a spare it on a day where you're so far from home, but it's going to feel like home as well? Yeah, I, I don't know what better better storyline there is for the uh, Notre Dame Fighting Irish to play in, in Dublin, Ireland. And um, we're so excited to go in, and embrace that and to embrace the, the the city of Dublin, the country of Ireland. Um, it is going to be a – what a wonderful opportunity. Um, we really look forward to seeing the cool things that, that you're able to see in, in the city of Dublin and uh, also – playing in a, a really exciting football game. Would you like to come back very soon, or is it all just you're, you're, you're happy if, if you're told to play at Ireland again, you're, you're just yourself? Oh, we would love – I would love to. I know our players would. I would. Um, you know, but I also would like to get to Ireland just for a vacation, you know, to really get a chance to experience it more than just with your focus being on football. Um, I've heard so many great things about the – the country and so I want to get back there to actually experience and vacation with my family. That goes into the final question of finally the Erlingus College Football Classic is marketed worldwide as much more than the game. Will you get a chance to explore Dublin at all this weekend or is it very much once the game's over it's Tennessee State and going out on the Sunday? Yeah that's the challenge with us having a game the following Saturday. Um, after a game we'll stay tonight and we'll fly back early in the morning on Sunday but um as much as we can, we're going to to try to experience Dublin. Um, we're we're going to have our players go around the city a little bit and really get opportunity to see it. Um, I know our focus has to be on this game, but I believe we can do them both, right? Focus on this upcoming game we have against Navy, but also get a chance to um, experience a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Well, Coach, fa thank you very much. I, I, as you say here, good morning, Margaret, and uh, we'll see you in Dublin. Thank you very much for your time. All right. Thanks for having me. Looking forward to it. Great to hear from Marcus Freeman from Notre Dame. It was also great to hear from Scott McCabe, who's a communications officer at the Erlingus College Football Classic. We've seen some great content online over the last few months building up to this game, and we had the chance to speak to Scott here ahead of the game this Saturday. Folks, as our college football coverage continues from the Aviva Stadium, we're delighted to be here ahead of the Erlingus College Football Classic this Saturday between Notre Dame and Navy. Delighted to be joined by Scott McCabe, Communications Officer for the Erlingus College Football Classic. Scott, good to see you, man. Good to see you too, Michael. I can't believe we're here. We're at game week. We finally made it, and it is just surreal. And look, hopefully we get this weather come Saturday, but it's it's really good to be here, and, and thanks for having us on. Well, touch wood. I mean, like, literally, you, you were saying off camera, but last weekend, so hopefully it doesn't yeah. rain. Um, it feels like, you know, like that Northwestern Nebraska game was five minutes ago, and suddenly we're back here, and this is... This is the game, obviously, Notre Dame coming in, Navy coming in. Just just generally, uh, I mean, you are from Dublin. A lot of us aren't. Like, so, like, what, like, I'll not be here just towards the weekend. What's the vibe like in the city this week? Because it seems to be a real buzz already before people fly in. Yeah, there's, there's been a buzz for a while now, and there's a lot of people, and even buddies of mine have been kind of saying, there's something going on. We know what's going on. Can you can you let us know? And it's trying to say to people, like, this is a competitive fixture, Michael. This is not just a preseason game. You know, this is 
week zero, game zero of the college football season. We're literally launching it here in Dublin. And I think with these games, what we're doing here is literally cementing Dublin as a European capital of college football. And it's so exciting, but the city itself is really being activated. We're, we're talking on Monday and this is gonna be off the hook this whole week, entire week. And I can see it even in our offices on Dame Street. That's gonna be Notre Dame Street. So that's gonna be really exciting. That's renamed, there's gonna be a lot of action taking place there. And uh, yeah, the this, this city is ready, but I'm ready. I hope the city's ready and I hope the dubs are ready because it's going to be off the charts. Notre Dame straight, that, that, that's interesting. That, 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 that's awesome. Yeah, I can't believe, like even for me, like I'm biased because I, I, I live up north and even people like saying to me, like they're going to get the tree on Saturday morning. Like I think it'll be great crack getting down. Uh, really excited because it's obviously a very, very busy week for yourself. Talk to us, you know, you mentioned there about Notre Dame Street, like talk to us about some of the events I guess that are happening this week. And Yeah, I mean, we've got plenty of events taking place. We've got the Notre Dame Pep Rally, which is taking place um, in the Tree Arena. And that's that's going to be a crazy event. That's a private ticketed event, but there's about eight, over 8,000 fans attending that alone. And then we've got the Navy Pep Rally in Marion Square, 4 to 5 p.m. on the Friday. And that's going to be really, really cool. What I'm really excited about though, Michael, is the Gift Games. Yeah. The Gift 2023, we're back again. And these are six... Really, really good teams coming over. Four high school teams. Then we've got the Irish Junior Wolfhounds and the NFL Academy coming over and playing. And look, in 2016, we had these games. And Kyle Hamilton, safety for the Baltimore Ravens, now played in these games. So that's really cool. There is, I could go on for about half an hour, 45 minutes with all the cool events taking place. What I would recommend is checking out the College Football Ireland app. And that is all the game events on there. But there's so much taking place. Yeah, check it out. I downloaded it over day. Like, literally everyone's honest. So do check it out if you're coming down this weekend. Or if you're still on the fence, get down. Yeah, because that's <laughs> That that pep rally in the free arena sounds unbelievable, man. Yeah, that's uh, pretty crazy. Like, talk to us about what, what you do with the Ireland College Football Classic because I know you've been like some of the content's been unbelievable this year. But just sort of seeing the progression of the college season starts last season to then, and then you got that gap where you then obviously promote this game, but go through not just things about Notre Dame and Navy, but college football itself. Talk, talk, talk to us about what you do. Yeah, so my role as communications officer kind of encompasses a lot. Uh, so the key thing is digital content creation and that's making enga engaging and also educational content because let's be real like this is still a growing sport over here and you know we're trying to educate new people on it every every day and and, and that's the element of the job that i really love is getting new fans involved i've had friends of mine saying oh i'm only into rugby i'll only watch the gar or i only watch the hurling and seeing them suddenly stay staying up late at 1am watching football that's that's where i get my most enjoyment so it's digital content creation but then also working with our team in the u.s doing the finer details of the games, working with our communications company, PR companies, making sure the messaging of these games is correct. We're getting things out there like ticket lotteries, like, you know, all these sales that are taking place. Like, it's making sure that everyone knows what's going on. So there's a bit of pressure on it, but we're, we're getting there. But I really do enjoy it. And it's I appreciate the kind words on the content as well, because you know yourself when, when it's the off season, that's when it's you got it. When no one's playing football, you know, that's when you got to dig deep and find the cool stories. And there's been a lot of cool stories about these two teams, especially Navy in particular. I don't know if you were aware of this, but they were involved with potentially the first ever American football uniform that was designed. William Maxwell. So really, really exciting stuff. And it's when you dig deep and you find these stories, that's that's pretty awesome. I had no idea there was a game in Belfast in the 40s as well. It's it's mad like, to see the group of it. Yeah, you're, you're, you're spot on. Like In the depths of the off-season, content is king. And it's, it's been great to sort of track that and looking forward to seeing what next year brings. Uh, we obviously were at the event with Grant Fortin. I think, was that back in April? I think it was March, yeah, March, March. March. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just, it's flipping. It's, it's a bit of a blur. <laughs> and Jenny Bertram was there. Yeah. Uh, loads of guys were there. Just talk to us about that event. Because that was a great event and a great week for those guys in Ireland. But more so then... Talk to us about, uh, is there somebody that you'd like to look at in this Notre Dame team this week? I mean, I might have given it away with Bertrand there now, but there's, they've got so many guys in that roster that 
I'll be happy just to watch it the weekend. I'm the same as you. I'm happy to see both. I feel like I've covered both teams, and you feel like I know the guys inside out now. They're they're just so great. They're 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 great guys. And what's shocking when they came over is that how professional they all were. I mean, these are still college. You know, they're still in college. They're not they're not pro yet, but they're pro ready. And I think that's the key. These guys are ready to go to that next level. Who am I most excited about seeing? That's a really good question. Audric Estimate, the running back for Notre Dame. He's really excited me at the moment because I feel like he was in a committee backfield. It means he's got a couple running backs beside him. But now I feel like he can really unleash uh, and showcase his talent. And, and I mean, when you're walking around with these guys, I'm, I'm 5'11". I, I, I think I'm tallish. I wouldn't say I'm tall, <laughs> but I think I'm tallish. You're taller than me. If you want to be humbled, all you got to do is stand beside six foot. I don't even know how tall Nana Osafa Mensa is for Notre Dame. And, and these guys, but they're all also genuine. And yeah, J.D. Burchin, really excited to see him. Team captain for Notre Dame. So he's going to be really important on the day for them. Um, but I, I mean, all the guys, Chris Tyree as well. That's another interesting one. Chris was formerly a running back. Now he switched to wide receiver and he's going to be a real gadget player. So I think he'll have a few exciting plays for Notre Dame. Their running back room is really cool as well. And uh, for, I guess for ones that are maybe coming into college football, Michael Mayer got drafted, tight end got drafted by the Raiders. So you'll see a lot of guys here like that may make it into the NFL. Skaronski for Northwestern got drafted. Um, yeah, like, and the, 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 fun, the fun thing about Navy is like they can't really use the transfer portal so they, they have a completely different thing and for those guys if and like you know some guys have got drafted obviously not as many as Notre Dame but that's a real honour if they get drafted and it's a, it's a big moment for them but it's really what's unique about college football that they can just come here and that is their situation where they're in the Naval Academy yeah yeah it's 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 unique like these are active midshipmen on duty you know they, they're not just and that's what trying to educate people on like these aren't just guys they're all, while they're studying engineering and stuff like this they they are active you know members of the u.s military so it's really important but like you said it's an interesting element that that is when with navy the football players it's not like any other college because they can't just use the transfer portal like you say that doesn't mean that they can't get some very good players including roger Stahlback, you know yes. former dallas cowboys quarterback i'm a cowboys fan so a little bias there <laughs> but um some great players have come out of the naval academy um and i'm really looking forward to seeing what, how they get on because they're not coming here just to get a pat in the back, you know. And Brian Newberry, their head coach, has said that. He's like, we're coming over here and we're coming over to win. So it's it's an interesting one. You mentioned Kyle Hamilton in the high school games. Uh, I mean, we literally seen a guy in Phoenix in February in Harrison Butker kick the win in Phoenix for the Super Bowl. There's been guys that have played this game before that literally they can look back. And I remember when we spoke to Harrison, he recalls his time here so fondly because for a lot of these guys, they've never left the country. And this is the first experience they have playing an actual game in a near 50,000 capacity stadium as well. It, it, it is a lot. For a lot of them, it is their first experience. And I think that's the cool thing when we've got the likes of Notre Dame coming over, we've got Georgia Tech coming over, and there's a couple of players. And we walk through that tunnel just over there, and they're coming into the stadium for the first time. And you see, it's yeah. like when, you're bringing, when you see those clips online of like a kid going to a stadium for the first time and his dad brings it to the game, and the kid's amazed. It's like these guys just go back again and they just look around and they're just in utter amazement about how amazing the stadium is. And they all say it. They cannot believe how close we are to the action here. And I think that's what makes it really unique is that you're literally in touch and distance. You're going to hear all the, the, the tackles going in and uh, yeah. hopefully a few touchdown scores as well. But um, yeah, for a lot of these guys, it is their first time. And it's, it's like we, our hashtag at College Football Ireland is much more than a game because it is more than a game. It's an experience for not only the players, but also all the fans coming over. I will there's not a bad seat in this house. No, there's no, not like literally not. Like, we, we, I feel like I'm almost on the field, so even standing here. A um, couple of things: FSU, Georgia Tech next year. FSU for people wondering of one of the best rosters in college football at the minute. Georgia Tech have got an Irishman, a Carryman, and they have Shanahan as well. Uh, that's a really good game. Like that's that is, you know, to pick those both those 
with both those colleges. Obviously, you're going to have a storyline every year, but those two really stick out for me. Oh, it's a huge game. And and this is the exciting thing. Well, we've got two great teams coming over this year. It's not like, oh, you know, that was fun while it lasted. And da, 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 da. No, it's coming back next year and it's going to be just as good. Um, I like you said, two great teams as well. I mean, FSU ranked in the top 10 preseason polls as well. And from a storyline angle, like you said, David Shanahan, Kerry player. I mean, I mean, he's buzzing. Like, he, he, is buzz. he is buzzing to get over. And, and I can absolutely see Boyd to play in front of his friends and family over here. It's going to be great. And I had the luxury of spending some time with the Georgia Tech guys, and they are really, really excited about this one. Some great players on that roster as well. Keep an eye on the Miles Brooks, their safety this season. He's going to do some big things. And, you know, it's, it's when you're talking to these guys and you, they, they, you can see the energy in them. They're ready to get going. But, yeah, two really, really strong teams. And, I mean, I'm unbiased because I've had links with the two of them. I've, I've, I've had the luxury of spending time with Georgia Tech players. But also we had Warchant over, Warchant.com. Yes. And they came over and the guys are all great there. And for those who don't know, Warchant have been covering Florida sports since, like, the mid-90s. So they're a real trusted voice. And hearing both sides and both angles, I mean, the excitement's building. And that's 2024. We haven't finished this yeah, game yet. And the excitement for next year is building. And, and that's what we want. You know, we want to just build together something great. And like we're saying, we are really cementing ourselves as a European capital of college football. And it's really exciting to be a part of. And you're seeing the game grow as a result of that as well, which is awesome to see. Yeah, the, the guys from Warchan loved it. Like they were yeah. talking about it. Yeah. They loved the stadium as well. Um, there's a five-game commitment and we'll not, We'll not get into the rumors. I mean, we're, we're just excited to see what happens. I guess for you as a fan, who would you like to see play? I like personally for me, like, and this is completely independent. I'm just saying, I would see like I just love seeing Notre Dame come back again. I think I know, and I know it's not going to happen every year, but I'd love to see that. I'd love to see Michigan play at some point, as long as Coach Harbour's there. But I think if you get any sort of big college, it, it would be awesome. Have you, have you got a choice? Or you just have I got a choice. I'm really happy. Well, it's it's cool for me and Michael when I see what teams are coming over, yeah. and I'm like, okay, this is the team I'll be making content for, for yeah. the next couple of of weeks or months coming ahead, you know. Um, the, I was excited to see Georgia Tech because I saw them in 2016 here as a kid. And that was my first experience of an American football game was actually in the stadium, seeing Harrison Booker. For, so seeing Georgia Tech coming back, that's kind of like a full circle type of thing and working on that. So that's the one that got me. I also have a couple of friends in Florida. So seeing FSU coming back as well, and they're sending me pictures of FSU gear. And I'm like, well, they're coming to Dublin, so you guys better come over too. That's exciting. I think I, I'm, I've always been a fan of Ezekiel Elliott for the Cowboys because he kind of got me into the sport. Mm-hmm. And I know he's he's kind of on the decline now. Or we even oh, say decline. Let's see how he gets on. He's with the Pat Patriots <laughs> now, so we'll, we'll leave him there. But Buckeyes, Ohio State, I, I've always kind of liked Ohio State. So it'd be cool if we have something down the lo- line there. And LSU as well with Joe Burrow. They've had a lot of great players over, over the time. So we'll see. But we're doing very good over here with the teams we've got, and I'm very happy with them. It's the same with the London Germany games for the NFL. I think we all just feel fortunate that there's a game here, and it's it's awesome. I have, but and I'll put I'll put a link for people wondering about 2024 if you want to register any interest in that FSU Georgia Tech game. Hopefully, we'll be able to cover that as well, and we'll do whatever we can to help folks. Uh, have before I let you go, you're a Cowboys fan. Yes. Uh, yeah. I mean, it, <laughs> the silence says it all. It says what's it your all. thoughts? Because like. Like they could literally storm the NFC East, or like it could be an absolute oh, disaster. Good. But when Jalen Hurts is there, I mean, it's it's always kind of hard. For Daniel Jones as well. Daniel Jones. You got Jalen Hurts. I mean, Dak. I think Dak's got to prove himself this year. He. Re- I've been saying that for the past four or five years. But do you think this is it this year? If he isn't, I think it is. I think there's a I good agree. quarterback class coming out, and you got Caleb Williams from USC, who's looking very good. I'm not saying Dallas would go for him straight away, but I like that. Deuce Vaughn for the Cowboys, mm. running back to be drafted, five foot five, I think. Really exciting. One of the smallest players in the league, but I think he's going to be... He looks so small when he runs yeah. as well. <laughs> he's going to be going to be a real gadget player. But, I mean, the cool thing here, what I'm hoping for, is that I get to see one of the guys, whether it's, you know, JD or Nana or Chris or Audric or 
whoever, and, and even on the Navy side of things, um, Daba Fofana, I need to mention him, yeah. fullback for Navy. He was their leading rusher last season. I think he's going to have a big game for Navy. Uh, but seeing one of these guys, if, if they could play for the Cowboys eventually and get drafted by the Cowboys, that would be like a real full circle because supporting that team as well, that'd be pretty awesome. There's a one in 32 chance. Yeah, yeah. Uh, obviously, appreciate. I feel like we could talk for the next year for the yeah, So yeah. I, I think we'll leave it there. But obviously, want to wish you Thank the you. whole team of there, like it's College Football Classic, the best this weekend Thank and obviously you. going forward. We appreciate the opportunity to be here and do this. Please, God, let, let, let's do it next year for FSU Georgia Tech. CollegeFootballIreland.com at CFB Ireland on X. Yeah, yeah. You've got it right. And at <laughs> College Football Ireland on Instagram, and we'll drop the link for next year. But Scott, appreciate it, man. Thank you very much. Uh, best luck this weekend. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. And, th and thanks for having us. It's promised to be a great weekend. Awesome to hear from Scott. I tell you what, let's hear, before we talk about Navy, we'll talk about it in a bit. Let's hear from the Navy head coach, Brian Newbury. Entering his first year as head coach, it was great. And we appreciate both Navy and Notre Dame giving us the opportunity to chat to the head coaches. I had a chat with Brian and Coach Newbury last week. Okay, so delighted to be joined by the head coach of the Navy Midshipmen. Uh, well, first off, Brian Newbury, Brian, coach, welcome in. Uh, the game is this Saturday in Dublin. How are you feeling ahead of what's a really unique week, not just for yourself, but for Navy football? Uh, excited. You know, uh, wonderful opportunity for, for our players and our staff and, and our fans. And, um, excited about the opportunity to travel. We get to Dublin and, and uh, obviously playing a program like like Notre Dame is is uh, awesome opportunity for us. So um, we're fired up, man. Is the like obvious? Because I, I was talking to Coach Freeman about this, and I was I sort of asked him, is the approach completely different for 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 just for both teams? I guess it is different, but are you trying to look at this game as much as possible as a normal game that you'd have in week zero, week one, or do you have to have that different approach because it's such a, just because it's such a, such a long way from home? I think you, you, you got to treat it as normal as, as you can, you know, from a schedule standpoint, you know, we're going to the week before we get into um, uh, the schedule of the week of, so our players get used to a rhythm. Uh, we change some things the way we practice during the course of the week. So I'll make sure that, that um, we were able to get into a flow and a routine. And we'll approach this game like we do in any other game. The travel makes it a little bit unique, obviously, um, but we won't change uh, the times that we practice and the way that we practice uh, based on the trip. Is it a little bit like training camp in the NFL where teams always say that it's almost like building a family atmosphere where you almost have that mini, mini bye week, like just, just where you're in a little camp by yourselves and you get to actually spend some time with each other for a lot of those guys um, that may never have left the country coach. I mean, it, it gives them serious life skills that you can take down the stretch, not just this season, but next season and, and, and the years going ahead as well. Yeah. You know, I wish we were able to spend a little bit of time uh, taking in, um, Ireland and, and, and wish we were able to do a little bit more while we were over there. It's a, a pretty time crunched. I think they've got some things scheduled for us, but it'd be nice to have a little more time, maybe stay afterwards or something like that, get a bye after that, which would, would have been nice, but we had to get on back. You know, school starts for our players uh, the day that we leave. And, uh, but yeah, camp's been great. You know, the, the connection piece for us is uh, extremely important. And I think it's something, you know, here at the Academy that's, that's unique and different you know this brotherhood uh, that we have here and the bonds that are created through a lot of things these guys go through together um it's pretty special and unique and i think that's 
one thing that gives us an edge. Uh, I think maybe even more so in today's climate of college football with the transfer portal. Some of those things when you're, you know, most people's rosters are entirely different, you know, year to year at this point. You can turn over as many as 40, 50 players. And, um, you know, this place is unique in that regard because we don't deal with the portal. Uh, we can't take transfers here and we don't lose many kids in the portal. And um, so I think that connection piece that you mentioned, Michael, is uh, really important. I think it's a force multiplier for us and I think it's going to carry us a long ways. Absolutely. And it sounds really interesting because you've so mm -hmm. many, you're talking there, but not having the opportunity for the transfer portal because of the, of the nature of the college itself and, 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 the, and the institution. There's such a real learning going on over here, coach, both in Ireland and in Europe as well about the college game. And we've, we've really started to develop an understanding and, and look at certain players. And I guess for people that aren't aware that are watching this, maybe they're coming into college football for the first time. This is your, it's going to be your first game. I mean, this is this is pretty cool for you for a start. But how has the last few you know weeks and months been like? Just getting into the job at Navy and, and going ahead and just into the season. Yeah, it's it's been great. It's been a big big adjustment, obviously for me. I've been a you know defense coordinator for for uh, the majority of my career, and so transitioning into that role was it was a lot a lot at first, and uh, but things have started to slow down a little bit, starting to feel more and more comfortable uh, in this role. There's some great coaches around me. You know, we got great young men in our program that you know bought into what we're doing, and so uh, I'll tell you, I'm I'm really enjoying it. Talk to us about. I uh, I know you weren't the head coach the last time of this, but the last time you guys played each other, frankly, it goes down as a classic as far as I'm concerned. Three, three points in it, 35-32. I think any fan in the stadium on Saturday would like to see a close game. I I know you guys wouldn't. You, you you'll want to win by as much as possible, but it shows you that this game this weekend can not just be competitive, but even from looking at some of the guys in your roster, you guys have not just a serious chance to win this weekend. Coach Freeman was talking positively to me about the way that you guys set up and play, but really making a good stretch down this season and winning as many games as possible. Yeah, I'll take a close win. I don't need a, I don't need a big win by any stretch. No, I, I uh, yeah, the game, you know, last year was, um, you know, we had a chance there at the end, and you know, it wasn't for kind of a debacle there late in the second half, where we gave up 14 points going into the half. That would have been a, a much closer game. Might even turned out a little bit different. But you know, our, our guys, um, you know, we have a ton of respect for Notre Dame. Uh, great players. They got a great coaching staff. It's a great program, and um, but you know, we respect everybody, obviously, and certainly have a healthy amount of respect for them. But we. We don't fear Notre Dame. You know, we don't we don't put them up on a pedestal. You know, our, our players, it's not a charity game for us. We're not going over there to get a pat on the back. You know, our guys are going over there, and, you know, with the expectation that if we do the things that uh, that we think we can do and control the things that, that uh, we need to control, then we'll certainly have a chance to win the game. <clears throat> Absolutely, and I'm I'm sure it's going to be great fun to watch this weekend. the The run game is really interesting with you guys. You know, you got Hassan there as as RB one at the minute, Anton Hall Jr. That could really be an X factor on Saturday, and it's it's a really impressive offense in, in some key positions there, coach. Yeah, well, I mean those are two good ones that you mentioned, and and uh, we've got uh, two other running backs that, that feel really really good about as well. One that didn't play last year, essentially you know redshirt freshman. We don't redshirt guys who didn't play. Uh, Alex Texa, who's had a really, really good uh, spring and fall camp. And then uh, Dabo Fafana, another uh, running back that uh, 
They played well against Notre Dame last year. So I'm excited about our offense, the way this evolved and the direction that it's heading. And looking forward to seeing, you know, where we're at on August 26th. Um, you've had experience before with this defense. Um, are we expected to see a real hard-hitting, gutsy defensive performance in Dublin? For, I guess, I guess, coach for the crowd that would watch that and maybe watch the NFL and and not see a lot of and not see a lot of college football. You you've had some background, especially as a DC of this team and um, that was a hell of a season as well in that year that you had defensive wise as well yeah I expect to see more more of the same you know we've, we've got a good nucleus back on defense and you know pj volker is running that side of the football now we've been together for a long time so uh, the system's not going to change much we, we tweak things from year to year uh, try to figure out a better way to do things study other people and see what we can add and, and, uh, and trim off and but we're always going to be um an aggressive style of defense, you know, around here and uh, take a lot of pride in how hard our kids play. And we want to play harder than anybody else in the country. And I feel like if we can do that, that kind of covers up some deficiencies and, and mistakes. And, you know, we're going to be multiple, um, you know, try to try to confuse people, you know, primarily the quarterback and whole line as much as we, we possibly can, keep the offense coordinator guessing a little bit. And at the end of the day, you know, we do some unique things and um, I think we're hard to prepare for, but. It's not what you do, it's, it's how you do it, you know, and the style and what you do it with. And, and, uh, and we take a lot of pride in the way we play defense around here. And that's not going to change. Uh, two or three quick quick ones for me to end. Uh, firstly, is this your first time uh, being in Europe, being in Ireland before? Have you been to Dublin before? And will you get a chance, coach, to actually see a bit of Dublin or see a bit of Ireland because you're not playing again until the ninth, which is something that Notre Dame don't have that luxury the week after? Yeah. Uh, well, unfortunately, we're going back the next morning. Um, but hopefully, you know, get maybe a little time on Thursday or Friday to slip out. Uh, you know, hopefully things go 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 well. Maybe Saturday night. You know, I hear the Guinness over there is is, is really really good. A little different than it is here in the states. So, who knows? I can I can definitely confirm that it is one hundred percent, and I'm not being sponsored by them saying it. It definitely is. Hopefully you get a bit of a chance on Saturday to maybe even take a walk around Dublin and sort of see the sites. But I know you guys will have a nice relaxing time. A um, couple of last ones from me. Talk to me about Jacob Jacob Bustic, um, guy starting. He's going into the fall as a starter at defensive end. One of the one of the best players in your roster. Very excited to see him, coach, go on the field on Saturday in the Aviva Stadium. Yeah, Jacob Busick, one of our one of our captains, three year starter for us. Big, long, physical kid. Uh, been a really good player for us and expecting you know big things for him this year uh, finally I asked coach Freeman this I'll ask you this um, hopefully the first year of you being a head coach for Navy in, in a in a long run of years please God to come are you up for coming back in the near future or is this something that you just want to cherish and relish for what it is this year and, and, and you're happy enough in the future no I, I think it's awesome I think it's like I said great for our, for our players and great for our fans and unique experience uh, playing in a really, really cool venue. Um, you know, the logistics of it all is a little bit of a pain, but outside of that, no, it's, it, it's awesome. I'm excited. We're all excited to get over there and play that game. I'm sure uh, maybe not next year, but um, a couple of years down the road, we'd love to get back and, and do it again for sure. Well, the very, very best luck this weekend, coach. I know there's a lot of people. I mean, the game is completely sold out over here. We can't, <laughs> people can't get a ticket. Everyone's talking about it. So we, we certainly, not just wish you luck for the Saturday, but wish you luck for the entire 
college football season, the roads ahead. Enjoy your first season as head coach of Navy and uh, maybe maybe chat to you in Dublin on Saturday. Sounds good, Mark. Thank you. And folks, we are delighted to partner up and be an affiliate of Homefield Apparel this year. If you use code Ireland when you go to Homefield, the address is below, you get 15% off your first order. Now, we don't have our gear here yet, but there has been gear sent through. And can I just say, that's because of our postage system, because I'm in the north. However, some of that stuff, and I'll put it at the bottom, some of that stuff looks unreal, isn't it? Did you pick up with it? I think me and Dara, you said we picked the exact same. Yeah, the exact same. <laughs> I got a I got a Colorado ninety I think like nineteen ninety national champions yeah. tee, um. But we will be running the giveaway. Just check it for our college football coverage. Do check out the next few weeks. We appreciate home. I personally think home field's coverage, like in terms of like their actual shirts, hoodies, are the best. It's top quality stuff. Yeah. High top notch. I I when you sent me the link to have a look at them, I couldn't believe I, it was hard to pick. Just a couple. How do they pull this one off? Yeah. <laughs> Code Ireland fifteen percent off. So basically, folks, I guess looking at this, as we look ahead to the game on Saturday, it would be a miss of us because we're obviously going to go into this in week one properly next week. We look at college football in general, but we all we will focus heavily on this game this week. One thing that we should talk about is college realignment. And I think even for a general football fan, this has been everywhere over the last few weeks. Uh, and if you're not sure what that means, there are certain divisions and colleges have decided to leave certain divisions and move to different divisions. Uh, and we'll look at it in more detail next week. But I guess just first off, it's been a wee, it's been a wee bit mad, hasn't it? It started like with one college. I think it was it was a Colorado saying they were going to leave, and then it just it went straight, man. It's been a turbulent off season, and and dating back to last off season as well. It's just been all over the place. It's the sort of thing that's going to be in flux for a while. It will eventually get smoothed out, but for now, I mean, uh, the Pac-12 is in massive trouble. It's now they've got four teams left, and two of those teams are waiting to see what the other two teams do. It's I think the days of the Power Five might be truly over now, and we're looking at at power three or four of the top, six day. tough conferences. <laughs> That's probably what we're going to end up with, to tell you the truth. But um, it's 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 a really, really strange. So there's 16 teams joining the Big 12. And the annoying thing is that all the conferences have the number of the teams in it, and the like, number's yeah. never true. It's always a an outdated name. So listen, it's the sort of thing that's going to have to be hashed out. I think Notre Dame are the most interesting team uh, in terms of realignment. They obviously are an independent team, pride themselves on being independent. But now uh, might be forced to join a conference if they want to have any chance of making the playoff. And it's very beneficial for us because if you have Sky Sports in Ireland or the UK, you can watch the Notre Dame home games, which is a big benefit for us. And I think it's helped a lot of people get into college football a lot more. Please, God, that continues. Dar mentioned there about realignment. I mean, look, realignment of the playoff for a start. The thing that really annoyed me over the years was the fact that only four teams could get to a playoff. And it wasn't really like, you know, it was almost you were picking the teams almost. Could you imagine that happened in the GEA for the All Ireland? Oh, well, sure, we'll pick Kerry and Dublin. That, that, that couldn't happen. So I guess, that bit, for me, that's obviously this game here and, and the series of games, but more so the actual growth of this and the fact there's going to be a proper play-in tournament at the end of the year. That's why we're starting this sort of comp- like this sort of content and trying to take it to the next level. Well, first off, I wouldn't mind if Kerry got, actually got picked to make the All-Ireland semi-final <laughs> every year. That would, that would be one extra trip up to Dublin, hopefully, and an extra chance of getting to the All-Ireland. But I think, yeah, that this... This whole idea of the playoff is going to be absolutely thrown into the air now and it's going to have to, all the commissioners of all the conferences are going to have to come together and decide what do we do because if you don't know, the Power 5, if you win the conference championship or if you're the highest ranked team of the any Power 5 conference, you get an automatic go into the playoff. But now that there's going to be, well, we don't know with the Pac-12, but as it stands, it looks like there's not going to be a Pac-12 after this year. 
um, that will only make four, which means they have to completely fix everything up and we don't know what's gonna that's gonna do. It throws everything basically up into the air. And like it, it's gonna be amazing to see how they pull this out because because I wouldn't want to be in charge of any of this sort of stuff. It's it's way too confusing, especially if you're just getting into the sport, like you're seeing, okay, this team is playing here, but then they're gonna move away next year and they have to play completely different teams. So I'm looking forward to it though. It'll make for interesting podcasts for the year to come. I think having a realignment and having a 12-team 12, 12 playoff is fantastic because at that time of year, it's Christmas. Everyone's already in the bowl games. You're sitting there wrecked from eating about 15 days worth of turkey. Playoff. And you're, you're, I'm being serious. Like, oh, late night college football when you're actually off work, I think it'll be brilliant. And it'll bring a different angle to this. And I, you almost feel like they could have that playoff or that playoff final the week before the Super Bowl or something. They could just drag it out more, which would be awesome. I mean, very quickly on realignment, I seen Chip Kelly was talking about having just a massive division and just having like random games. That could literally be the way forward, but I guess we'll see. I mean, it, it it's sort of similar to the way European football works. It's it's as if Manchester United said, we don't want to play in the Premier League anymore. Super League, let's move <laughs> over here. Super League is the sort of thing that college football is trying to be floating out. They're the, it, it's probably the most, the, what, the situation that makes the most sense at the minute, but it's hard to know. There's traditions. It's a traditional sport. And it's, it's hard to please everyone in a sport that has 130 teams. We will see. This this next segment where we look at a team each or talk about a different storyline, we'll go into more detail next because we get to week one and everyone's playing. It's brought to you by Budweiser. Budweiser, massive thanks to them. Massive members tailgate. Members only tailgate. Completely sold out this week. Um, on Saturday, details to members if you signed up via email. Um, if, you've, if you've signed up for our competition, the winner has been announced by now, but a big thanks to Budweiser for giving away two premium tickets in this section for the game on Saturday. We really appreciate that, folks, and a big shout-out to Budweiser. I guess if we look at a topic each, one of the biggest ones for me, primarily looking at the NFL, is looking at Michigan. And people wondering, if you're not too much into college football, uh, Jim Harbour is the Michigan head coach, and he has been flirting with different teams for the last two or three years. And it feels like every summer now, it's the summer of Harbour. Will he stay in Michigan? Will he go in Michigan? It seems to be like negotiation genius where you, oh sure, I'll chat to them once, I'll up the salary by 10 or 20%. But the reality is, this is the best Michigan team that they've had in years. They've retained 80% of the starters from last season. They should go down the stretch and get to November-ish and have that opportunity. Their schedule is very, very favorable. And you'd be looking at Michigan being anywhere from maybe 4th to 10th in the rankings. And if they get to November and have a very good record, I think they could make that 4th spot for the playoff. You're looking at, is it Ohio State? No, Alabama and Alabama. Texas. Yeah, yeah, listen, it's, uh, I think in college football, it's sort of a sport where storylines develop as the year goes by. You know, we've seen LSU and Joe Burrow a few years ago, Tennessee last year as an example. So it's hard to know at this time of year who's going to crop up. So I was sort of thinking for my storyline, I was going to go nearly earlier in the year, which is a game in a few weeks' time. It's Alabama versus Texas. And the stakes in this game are, are pretty big. Uh, this is the last year of the 14 playoff as you were saying and listen the margin for error the, the beauty of the 14 playoff is that the margin for error is so low at the start of the year Alabama the odds are stacked against them in an SEC now that is Georgia just demolishing everyone around them so Alabama really can't afford a second loss on the schedule earlier in the year against Texas for the Texas side of things they're joining Alabama's conference next year and what a statement that would be to go in to Tuscaloosa take down Alabama in the second game of the year and then join them cozy up next to next year in the SEC. So that's what I'm looking out for. I'm really looking forward to that one in a few weeks' time. If anybody wants to send us to Tuscaloosa, feel free to hit us up. Colorado, am I correct? Yes, I, I, I picked Colorado 
and it, it like it basically encapsulated like the early part of the off season this year where Colorado I believe had one woman one and 11 last year horrible season now I looked at actually their strength of schedule it was the third hardest in the entire in all the college football so out of 130 teams um but one one and 11 not good enough they haven't had a proper winning season since I believe 2016 they had a winning season in 2020 but it was a shortened COVID year so can you really count that maybe if you're a Colorado fan you would but to get to the point Deion Sanders coach prime has arrived and if you look at their incomings, I guess, and outgoings, they have taken the transfer portal to a whole new level. 50, 50 players in, 56 out. He literally walked in and told people, you're not going to have any good going on. It's Jose Mourinho level stuff where you do as I say or, you do, or, you, or you're out the door. And it, it was so funny because like, you're watching those interviews and you're like, well, he, is he going to be serious about this? And then you see two weeks later, 56 players gone. 50 players in and it's going to be really interesting because not only did they get the best transfer player in they got the best player recruited player in 2022 Travis Hunter and he's a cornerback but he's good enough to where he's also going to be playing wide receiver for them and so according to all reports he's been dominant on both sides of the ball in training so I'd, I'd love to know how that relationship between him and the quarterback works out where one time he'll be picking him off, and one time he'll be making it. Have you yeah. Have you racked? But it's just it's so amazing because you you get a personality like Deion Sanders in there. They're going to be going to a new conference next year in the Big Twelve, which will be bigger than the Big Twelve next year. Which is just don't. If there's a number in the conference, it's the wrong number. It's basically <laughs> really have to follow. But I'm really really looking forward to them this year. They have a really tough schedule. I believe they play five or six ranked yeah. teams early in the year, but. You know, I'd say they're good enough to get probably about six wins and probably into a bowl game this year is what it looks like to me. That that's probably the maximum. They're almost going to be a bit like Chelsea with Todd Bowley, just getting out whoever they can. I guess the one thing I will Except say, it might work for Colorado. <laughs> this this is it. I mean, we're we're both Broncos fans, yeah. so like obviously, like the only college games I've been to outside of here, I went to Boulder twice. They're mad. Yeah, they literally fire them. Buffalo won the field before the game, so I'm interested interested to see how that's going to go. And um, as we said previously, we're presented by Madden NFL 24. If you comment, like, share this YouTube video, comment hashtag Madden24, you have a chance of winning a game, PS5 or Xbox. Please do so, and we will let the winner know on YouTube by the end of the day after this game on Saturday. Coming up now, we've got the Athletic College Football Insider and the NBC Sports College Football Analyst, Nicole Auerbach, joining us. Me and Colin had a chance to chat to Nicole the other day. Fantastic insight, not just in this game on Saturday, but also in realignment. So stick with us on the PFI College Football Show. As we look ahead to Notre Dame Navy this weekend in the Amiga Stadium, we are delighted to welcome Nicole Aubrach to Pro Football Ireland on the first week of our dedicated college football coverage. Nicole is a senior writer at The Athletic, and this season she is the new lead college football insider for NBC Sports, who will also carry the Notre Dame Navy game from the Amiga Stadium in Dublin this weekend. Nicole, first off, a warm welcome. How are you doing? I am doing great. It's been a crazy last month or so with realignment and everything across college football. So very excited to talk about uh, a game and actual football getting underway. It's sort of surreal that it's this weekend. It's it's a little scary, but in a good way. Obviously, congratulations on, on the role with NBC. And it's it's great for us, Nicole, because we can see in Ireland and in the UK, we get obviously all the, the Notre Dame games. So looking forward to seeing that coverage throughout the year. And um, have you ever been to Ireland before? I have not. Uh, I feel like my entire Instagram feed has gone in recent years, uh, but I have not made it out yet. That's, well, look, 
now that now that that's now that we know if you've been or not, um, I guess the first question I we wanted to ask was the whole concept of a navy football team and an army football team and an air force football team is it's very strange, you know, from an outsider's perspective. So can you give us a bit of context to how that actually works? Yes, I can understand that that is a little bit strange as well. Um, so they're the service academies and they have major college sports. Um, so the football teams obviously are made up of, you know, midshipmen and cadets and they are yeah, yeah, they're they're dealing with all of the restraints and the schedules and everything from a conditioning standpoint um, and workout standpoint that everyone else on those bases uh, is as well. Um, so you know they're they're going through all their military training and they're in all of the courses and everything that they have to do, but they're also playing football again against some of the best teams in the country. So they're always going to be at a disadvantage because of the size and the just restrictions that they have that they have to. Um, you know, make a football team out of athletes that can also, you know, that they can hack it at the Naval Academy or at West Point. And it's really challenging. And it's also challenging, especially in this climate these days with name image likeness and the transfer portal, because they really can't use either of those things as recruiting tools. Um, you know, they're they're not able to they're able to lose players to the transfer portal. But they're not really able to bring anyone in because you would essentially have to start over. So you could, I suppose, take someone, um, you know, who maybe finished their freshman year somewhere else and were able to get in academically to to one of the service academies and go from there. But you're essentially starting over in your programming. So it's just really hard to do it in the way that any other major college football program does it. And they can't do NIL deals. So they can't do endorsements. They can't do sponsorships. They can't put that money in their pocket as well. So those are two ways that college football programs build in addition to recruiting out of high school, which service academies also face different restrictions. Again, the academic component, the military service component. And a lot of times, again, you're looking at different body types. You're looking at undersized players. So you have a lot of quarterbacks that are essentially being recruited as running backs everywhere else, but they get to play quarterback at a service academy school with the triple option. So all of the Service academies have triple option principles because that does give them an advantage, right? If you're thinking about a different type of scheme that no one else sees regularly and you can do with offensive linemen who are going to be undersized based on what they have to do from a conditioning standpoint for the service academies, it gives you an option. And so I didn't even mean that as a pun, but it does give you an option and a way to stay in these games. Um, So, you know, everyone's got their wrinkles and their tweaks about exactly how they run the option. But it has served for a long time as a scheme and a system for these service academies to stay in games when they do play anyone else really in college football. And then certainly, um, you know, from from the American perspective, the Army-Navy game is one of the biggest games of the year. It's a standalone game. It's played after the regular season ends for everybody else. It is a big deal. And I've covered that game before. And it is amazing. It really is uh, a a bucket list type of environment and game itself. And it means so much to those schools. You know, obviously, they're they're trying to win all their games. But that is the one that matters quite a big deal. You know, for anyone familiar with like the biggest college rivalries like Ohio State, Michigan, you know, they get they get gold pants, they get like, you know, mementos. The first thing anyone asks someone who's played in that I- I game is what the record is in that game. And it's the same way for the Army Navy game, uh, which is played at the end of the year. So those games are usually very competitive, right? Because they are dealing with the same constraints on their roster construction. 
But uh, Army's been getting the better of Navy recently. Navy had a 14-year streak, and it's been five of seven for for the Black Knights lately. It's. I think it's really important, Nicole, that you explain that because we've such a growing NFL scheme, not just here in in Ireland, but across Europe, obviously. And that's something that was quite not not controversial in 08 whenever London got its first regular season game. And I think if you told somebody in 2008 that we'd have three NFL games in London, two in Germany in one year, back then people would have laughed. Now we're looking at it with, with college football and there's a five-year commitment here. We had the Nebraska-Northwestern game, which as a neutral last year was, was fantastic to watch and it was great in week zero. There are whispers from people that we've spoke to outside of any agreement here with any sponsor folks i've just heard generally from people talking when i was in munich last year nicole that that they'd love to have a college football game in germany at some point in the future just your thoughts as someone that covers the sport do you think it's a, it's a good thing do you think maybe when you've such a condensed season it's obviously completely different to taking an nfl team over when you've got far more games and fans do miss out just just sort of your thoughts yeah, it's an interesting question, um, and I think that the way that it's been used probably makes the most sense with week zero because it allows those teams to start their practices earlier, and it gives you an extra, you know, idle week and kind of you can structure the the schedule better on the back end, so that it hopefully any jet lag or any issues from the travel could be mitigated um, after you play. There were actually there was a college basketball game last year between Michigan and Kentucky in the middle of the season. That did not make any sense to me. I understand it on the front end, and I think that's the best place for it because of all of the other potential implications. Although, you know, college football is moving in a direction now that you're going to have um, four different teams in the Big Ten that are on the West Coast that are going to be playing East Coast teams. So you definitely are moving in a direction where there are longer trips for some of these athletes and these teams across the board in general. But I do think, you know, an overseas trip and kind of making – all the other pieces of that that make it special about the sightseeing and the, learning about the culture and then at opportunities for fans. You know, if you're a Notre Dame fan and you do want to go to Ireland, it's a great opportunity to do both. I think you, you don't want to do it too, too frequently or maybe with the same schools all the time just because, you know, it, maybe you don't have that interest from the fans or, or the expense is too much. But I do like the idea of sprinkling in there for for week zero and and providing that opportunity and every team that does these foreign trips, whether it's football, whether it's men's basketball, um, you know, they always they always rave about them, right? They always enjoy the part where they get to explore the other culture and the other, you know, city, town, country, whatever it ends up being. So um, I would, would love to see it continue. And just as long as it's not, you know, just kind of smack dab in the middle of the season and then it impacts kind of other games that, you know, maybe matter more for, you know, conference schedule or CFP implications or something like that. But I think these one-off kind of showcase events, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and you know, in the last sentence there, you did mention the college football playoff and, you know, it's next year that that's going to get thrown up into a whole different stratosphere with the expansion of the playoff, but also the collapse, I guess, of the of the Pac-12, which was one of the Power 5 conferences, which was guaranteed a, a, a spot in there and then now we're not going to see it so do you have any idea or any theories or anything to how that might develop uh, with the collapse or the demise of the Pac-12 if, if you want to put it that way yeah that's the big question and there was an already regularly scheduled CFP meeting with the commissioners um, at the end of the month and I think they're going to start tackling some of that 
We've already heard from SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey, one of the most influential voices in college sports, saying that he would like them to reconsider the format. I think they're also going to look at the revenue distribution and the way that that works, because if there's more at large spots and, and fewer power conferences, you know, you, you already knew that the Big Ten and the SEC were going to get the most bids. If you look at it historically, they were going to send the most teams when you open this thing up to a 12-team model. But if you don't have a pack fi- a pack, uh, a Power 5 and a Pac-12 as conferences, and it does adjust the amount of spots and who's getting them, I, I do think you're going to continue to see the Big Ten and the SEC gobble up even more of that space. So what does that look like in terms of how revenue is split? Because in the previous model, the current model, all the Power Five leagues split it evenly. But A, you have different size leagues. So if the Big Ten is dividing their share by 18, that's different than the ACC sharing theirs by 14. So the Big Ten schools are making less. But also if the Big Ten is sending more teams and they're advancing more teams, maybe they should get more money like the way the NCAA tournament works. So I think that those are going to be debates that come about. And also just the model itself, because the way that they agreed upon it last year was six highest ranked conference champions which is essentially the power five champions plus one group of five and then six at largest so i think at the very least you could see an argument for five aqs essentially for the conference champions and then seven um seven at larges or you could see a push for even more at larges but i think that those are going to be conversations that get debated starting at the end of this month and i think it's fair to open those conversations up with a difference in the amount of FBS conferences, perhaps, and also just, you know, the destruction of a power conference, that that was part of the reason that they they landed on the, the six and six model in the first place. So I do think they should revisit it. And I think they will. And I guess, you know, to go back to, you know, the event that we're, we're going to be experiencing uh, on the upcoming Saturday, you know, in doing everything and looking anything off about Notre Dame, the one name that shows up every single time you type in Notre Dame into Google, you know, YouTube, whatever. It's Sam Hartman. Yeah. And, you know, how big of a factor will he be? I mean, he's been arguably one, one of the top kind of five quarterbacks in college football the last two or three years now. So I just want to know your thoughts on that. Yeah, he's he's massive. And he's the face of the program right now. And he's going to be this season. It's going to be his program. And this was such an interesting transfer because Sam Hartman going into the portal in the first place was a big deal and understandable. You you heard from Wake Forest saying we understand what he's trying to do. He got his degree and he's trying to show that he can be a quarterback in a different system and get drafted at the next level. And that's exactly what happened here. You know, he's going to be able to profit from NIL. He's also going to be able to show in this new offense what he's capable of. And and I think that makes all the sense in the world, but it's also like a, a ready-made super experienced power five quarterback coming in for Notre Dame. And this has been a position that they've dealt with a lot of injuries and a lot of bad luck over the years. So it definitely, I think, heightens the expectations. You also look at the schedule and there's there's challenging games on this schedule, but you've got to feel better about it as long as you've got Sam Hartman and as long as he's able to stay healthy. But he has been one of the best quarterbacks in the country the last few years. And some of that got overlooked because it was Wake Forest, right? They're not a football powerhouse. But he's been a huge part of them elevating themselves as a program to be a real factor in the ACC. Still, some of that is, okay, well, this is the scheme and the slow mesh and the way that Dave Clawson runs this offense. So I think he has a lot to prove this year in addition to what Notre Dame needs to prove coming off a season where they lost some games that they really shouldn't have. I would go as far as saying just in regards to the 
question before last when you mentioned the playoff expansion. I think the growth of the game here in terms of the NFL and college, that plus the expansion of the playoff has led us to start a college branch of this as well because it's just, I think it's going to turn it in internationally into a huge thing. You mentioned Hartman there, Nicole. Um, we had a chance to meet J.D. Bertrand a few months ago. Is there anybody outside Sam Hartman on that field on Saturday that you could see playing in the NFL in a couple of years? Like we've seen Peter Skronsky play for Northwestern last year and he was so impressive even when he came over for his first practice in the Thursday in Dublin. Yeah, I, I think that there's usually some 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 guys getting on people's radars who are just because in part because it's week zero. We're so starved for football. Um, but also Peter Skronsky was such a great talent. And it was um honestly kind of a shame that that Northwestern was not able to win games despite having such a talented player on the field. Um, I'm gonna give you some names of some some other tackles as well. Joe Alt um is a potential top 15 pick. I will also couch this. I asked my buddy Michael Jr. for some names because I have not thought about pre-draft process and draft prep at all. So, of course, he's going to give me offensive linemen and and guys in the trenches. But Joe Alt and Blake Fisher are really, really talented, and and they are going to anchor um, Notre Dame's offense, uh, left tackle, right tackle, and they're going to – well, Joe Alt for sure will have a good chance to be maybe a top 15 pick in the NFL. Um, but Blake Fisher also with a really strong season will be up there as well. And there's there's been a lot of questions about the defensive line, but not the offensive tackles. They're going to be in really good hands um, as well. And and again, if we're looking at like pure NFL talent, like those are the two guys to probably start that with. I think there's going to be some defensive players in general who could who could play themselves into that from Notre Dame. Um, but I think that like if you're looking for sure things, guys, you're going to want to pay attention to and you already like offensive linemen. These are your guys. Uh, you know, I guess it going into what we can kind of expect from the game, I guess, you know, Navy is it's a it's a strange kind of team, you know, like it's it's not a regular program as we previously discussed. And, you know, I was just wondering with the triple option, all those kind of things, new head coach, everything like that, you know, what can we expect, I guess, from them? Like, is it going to be an absolute blowout or is it going to be a close game? It, it's. Even in games where no Navy seems to be overmatched, it is such a challenge to go up against the triple option and to have to adjust all of your practices and preparation for that, that these games are always closer than you would think. Sometimes there are blowouts, but it's really, it, it, even if, you know, again, talent-wise on paper, it looks like these two teams should be uh, uh, overmatched. There are always these games with Army and Navy. Uh, there was famously a game a few years back Oklahoma nearly lost to Army in like double overtime and it was not even on television it was like a pay-per-view channel and everyone was like watching some guy streaming himself like watching it off of his foot on Periscope it was crazy but so this happens that there are teams and games that are unexpectedly close so I'm not saying that this one might be that but I'm saying don't just necessarily assume that Notre Dame will take care of business even though Navy has been down the last few years as part of the reason that there was a coaching change. Uh, Ken Niamatololo was part of this program for a quarter of a century, and he is out at the end of the year. And then they bring in Brian Newberry, promote him from defensive coordinator. He had a lot of support internally with the program. But right, they did not. They're, they're coming off a rough year, uh, another four and eight season. And I, I think that the key is going to be, you know, what does this offense look like? Which of those triple option principles are there? And then how do you tweak it a little bit? And you've got a new offensive coordinator in Grant Chestnut from Kennesaw State. So there will be triple option principles in what they're doing. But maybe you're going to see the quarterback line up in shotgun from time to time. 
Maybe you'll see more tight end usage. Like there will be different tweaks, but yes, it will still be that same principle of looking for, to get guys in space where Notre Dame is not used to seeing them. There's also been changes to the blocking rules, which have impacted the option schools. It makes it harder for them to to block the way that they always have, which is part of the challenge of playing them is like the cut blocks. So that could also impact what Navy is able to do illegally in this game as well. So there's a lot of questions. Absolutely. Brand new coach, first game. And Notre Dame is a team that we're going to be thinking about for the New Year's Six Bowls. Maybe if all things go right, a college football playoff. So it's definitely an uphill challenge for them. But again, no one likes to prepare. No one likes to play Navy. Notre Dame does it every year because it's tradition. It's important to them. But it's always like the worst team to have to prepare for and practice for because you don't play that way. So you never really know. So I'm hopeful it'll at least be close and it'll be competitive. We'll learn something about both teams. But certainly, I mean, on paper, the, the, these two teams are headed in different directions. And one of them has a lot more questions really about where they are in the first year under head coach. I have two quick questions then, Nicole, just in regards to what you said about Notre Dame there. Like last year, they win nine games, but they lose um, against Marshall, albeit they had a 9-4 and four record in the weaker spots. Uh, and they lose to Sanford as well. Like, look, I... I was impressed whenever I spoke to, to Marcus Freeman, but I guess the proof's going to be in the pudding. I'm just sort of wondering what your general outlook will be on them this year. They've got some massive games down the stretch. Yeah, it, it's it's a big schedule. Um, it's a really challenging schedule because you've got Ohio State, Clemson, and USC on that schedule, and all three of those teams are going to be good this year. I think what success for Notre Dame this year is to win the games you're supposed to, right? Because the games you just mentioned are games they should have won last year. And those are the games that you, if you're Notre Dame, you always take care of business. So you need to take care of business in the take care of business games. And then I think you need to win one of those three big games. And I think you'll certainly be in contention for for New Year's Six Bowl. And then depending on how the rest of the country looks, you might be in contention for a CFP spot. This is the last year of a four-team CFP, um, which does make it harder. You don't have as much wiggle room to get there. But a lot of this is going to come down to defensive line play and the wide receivers. And if they're able to get production and and be reliable, and if the pass rush is CFP caliber, you know, they will be in the mix and they should be able to at least get one of those three games. But those are monster games. Those are all teams that could win their conferences and might be favored to win their conference, depending on who you talk to about Michigan and Ohio State and Clemson about Florida State. Um, so I think success is 10 wins and it's getting one of those three games. And again, I think it's keeping Sam Hartman healthy is going to be a huge factor here. But really, it's about not losing the games that you shouldn't lose. And I guess our final question for you uh, before we leave you go is, you know, who is your national champion and who is going to be your TCU kind of big surprise team this year? Okay, so I would be very tempted to take Georgia, but a three-peat is so, so hard, um, and we haven't seen their quarterback play. So I'm going to be a little bit, I'm going to make a homer pick. I went to the University of Michigan, so I'm going to take Michigan. They're the number two team in the preseason. I do think this is Jim Harbaugh's best team on paper. Um, obviously, they have they have to get over the hump of actually winning a game in the CFP, but they've beaten Ohio State twice in a row. They have been good enough to get to the CFP. I think we're going to see J.J. McCarthy stretch the field, develop a vertical passing game better than it's been and more effective and actually be able to win games the way that you need to against those top, top teams. Um, but again, I wouldn't be surprised if Georgia proves me wrong here either. Um, I don't know if we're going to get someone that's like totally out of the blue like TCU. A lot of things needed to go right for them to have the type of season that they did. 
Um, but a lot of the the dark horse teams that a lot of people have mentioned, I think, are my dark horses in terms of Florida State and Penn State. Penn State's got an uphill battle, right, because they would have to go through Michigan and Ohio State to do this. But if they do, they'll be in the CFP, certainly, because of the caliber of opponents. I think my overall dark horse would be someone in the Pac-12 that is not USC. They were so close to making it last year, but there's so many good quarterbacks in this conference. Washington should be really good. Utah, if Cam Rising is close to healthy, will be good. Oregon State is certainly a dark horse pick. They've got a lot of talent in that league. So I'll say Washington because I just don't think they're getting enough attention this offseason. Michael Penix Jr. could be a Heisman contender. Um, and and there's been a lot of buzz about USC and there's been a buzz about Oregon. And there, there's a lot of reasons to be excited about those teams. So I'll go a little bit more off the radar, even though Washington is obviously a top 15 team heading into the season. I don't think people are talking about them in terms of the CFP. So I'll I'll cheat and say them, even though they're nowhere close to what TCU was heading into the season. I love it. I love it. And Nicole, just for people wondering or watching, listening to this, it's been a crazy few weeks for you and we we massively appreciate you taking the time and listening to us and, and answering those questions, not just for us, but for the people that are listening to this and couldn't get a ticket for this weekend because there's 40,000 people flying oh. over for, for, from America for this game. Not so, Don't just want to wish you the best luck for your coverage this weekend, but for your coverage in NBC and obviously with the Athletic during the season, we will drop your socials in the bio. Uh, and you mentioned Florida State there. Let's let's chat again before the Florida State Georgia Tech game in Dublin next year. But th- thank you so much for coming on and uh, enjoy the season, Nicole. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Enjoy the game. Hey, aloha, everybody. This is Jeff Reinbold. We are here with the Jeff Reinbold Show, a special edition. And we're going to focus on something that we don't talk quite enough about, and that's college football. Because, ladies and gentlemen, College football is coming to the Emerald Isle, and not just any college football. We're talking about one of the preeminent programs in U.S. college football, one of the most historic programs in U.S. US college football to face an ancient rival, right? We're talking about the University of Notre Dame against the Naval Academy midshipmen. Now, This rivalry goes back to the 40s when Navy was a national power and Notre Dame was a national power and they would meet every, the Army-Navy game, the Army-Notre Dame game, and the Navy-Notre Dame game were some of the biggest games in the 40s and 50s. Notre Dame continued to to be one of the preeminent programs throughout the 60s, the 70s, the Air Parsegian era where they're winning national championships. They got Terry Hanready, they got Joe Theismann, they got Tom Clements, they got all, I mean, you talk about Heisman Trophy winners, Tim Brown, one of the biggest college names in college sports. Any sport is Notre Dame football. And then Navy struggles. During the Vietnam era, nobody wants to go to the Navy. Navy has Roger Staubach wins the Heisman Trophy at Navy. Joe Bellino wins the Heisman Trophy at Navy in the 50s, early 60s, and then they drop off the cliff. And then Paul Johnson brings the option to Annapolis and the dynamic change. And one stretch of time, one five-year period, under my good friend, right, my good friend, at the Naval Academy, right, is the head coach, and they beat Notre Dame three out of five years. 
great, right? And when you think about that, Navy, which has all the restrictions of these kids don't go to Navy to get to the National Football League. As a matter of fact, they go to Navy to be to serve their country, to be officers and midshipmen and you know pilots and all the other things you you learn to do at the mil at a military academy. But they want to play Division One college football, and for them, with a bunch. And I'm I'm going to tell you the story. Kenny Niamatololo is the guy I'm talking about. Kenny was the head coach at Navy. In 2017, he says to me, he calls me, he says, Jeff, I know you're from South Bend. We're playing Army. I want you to come and be on the sidelines and be in the locker room with our team. Right? And Michael, my wife and I go and meet the team in Michigan City the night before the game. And we walk into the room, and these are the most impressive kids you've ever seen. I mean, impressive. But they, they all look like me. I mean, they are small, and I'm thinking to myself, this is, they are going to get murdered, right? We go, we go, we get on the bus the next morning, we drive through the, from Michigan City to South Bend, Indiana, it's about a 35-minute drive. We drive into the stadium, it's, it's a November cold day, these kids file off the bus, there it is, Notre Dame Stadium, the most iconic stadium in the United States, in my opinion, Right? And touchdown Jesus in one end zone. We we file in. The kids are getting taped. And again, I'm looking at them and I'm saying, somebody better call their mothers and just say, thank you for sending your son to service because he, I, we lost him today. I mean, it's it's like, I'm just thinking they're going to get slaughtered, right? And Notre Dame comes in. And this is, this is a Notre Dame team that has numerous first-round draft choices, numerous you know, Outland. I mean, the, the, their offensive line was picked the best offensive line in America, all this stuff. Michael, they came out of the tunnel, right? And I and I looked at I looked at Kenny and he and I said, Are you kidding me? And he goes, just watch. Just watch. And those guys play so hard in such you know, they they had a gimmick offense. They had the option offense. And they take Notre Dame to the fourth quarter and they run a halfback option pass with about three minutes left to go in the fourth quarter. And the guy throws it about a foot short or they beat Notre Dame for the fourth time in six years, right? This is a rivalry that is like no other. And you talk to Notre Dame players and they say the teams they hate to play the most are the service academy. Because it doesn't matter, they never give up. They're gonna they're gonna play as hard as they can for sixty minutes. They're gonna hit you all, every day. They're gonna they they run that crazy option offense. I just think it's gonna be a tremendous game, a tremendous game in Ireland. And for Notre Dame, the Fighting Irish, like the Fighting Irish. I grew up. I didn't grow up. I I would say this. I went to junior high and high school in South Bend, right? Our house was so close to the stadium on Saturday Saturday morning that when Notre Dame would score a touchdown, you could walk out of the house and hear the band play and hear the crowd, right? And I sold programs at the games as a kid, as a 12-year-old kid my, in my junior high years, 12 and 13. 
I sold programs at the game. They give you 50 programs in the morning. As soon as you sold them, you came back and you gave them the money, right? And I would sneak into the game. I'd sell my programs first. I'd get, and then I'd hide from the ushers in the, in the bowels of old Notre Dame stadium. And then I'd come out into the stadium in with the team because in the locker room at Notre Dame, you go down this tunnel and it's a very, very narrow loop. All right. And you've seen it on on, on uh, some of the TV shows about Notre Dame and, and uh, the Rudy story and all that stuff. But let me just tell you, as, as the team comes in, there's no room in the tunnel, right? The team's like shoulder to shoulder, right? And so I would get in with the players and the players didn't know who I was. I was just some kid, right? And I would come out. So I've entered into that stadium, the thunderous applause. <laughs> And I'm going to tell you something. It's still, it's still, and I'm not a Notre Dame fan and never was. I go in, I get into the stadium, sneak into the stadium, just keep moving. So I didn't get, didn't get popped for, because there's no seats, right? You don't have a seat, but I'd root, I'd root against them. Right. But I'd go to the game every, every Saturday because the, the tradition and to see those gold helmets coming out of the tunnel is like, I'm telling you, it's worth. Whatever they're paying for tickets, it's it, it, they're not charging enough to see this team. I'm just telling. Well, I have to say, Jeff, that's that seven and a half minute monologue certainly has me fired up. I'm I'm, I'm being serious. That was so good in so many levels. Um, yeah, look, I mean, this is a special episode. The Erlingus College Football Classic is a Saturday, seven thirty local time in the evening, two thirty Eastern. Games at NBC in the states. And obviously it's in Dublin. It is on Sky Sports as well because of Peacock, the agreement, which is great as well. No Neil and Jeff and Jebel or Phoebe on the sidelines. I, I, like, I'm just going to publicly say that that should have happened. I think I'm I'm going to slag all you lads in person. I, I know that probably couldn't happen, but it would have been great to see all the Sky Sports ones go over and do it maybe next year. It's it's a big moment for football fans here. Like that, that, that That's that's as big a game as we'll get unless the NFL comes and. I think that's bigger than, you know, we've got Georgia Tech, FSU coming next year. I, I'm sorry, but in 25, if you have Ohio State, if you have Georgia, big universe, big, like, look, they're all big, like, big, like, people will fly over. And the games are great. I just, I think this is, this is the game. Like, like having Notre Dame over is a big idea. And look, this is a pregame. There's a good chance a lot of people are going to watch this, especially people with the game. I think it's a great moment for for football here, and um, but I I I I I already hope. But I asked Marcus Freeman this a few weeks ago. You know, will you come back? And he's like, yeah, we'll come back. You know, like they like uh, Coach Newbury when I spoke to him, he wants to come back, and they haven't even flown out yet. You know, so I think that says an awful lot. I have never seen anything like it in my life in terms of hotel rooms. It's the biggest movement of people since the Second World War, Jeff, from North America. It is insane. So it's it's going to be a great day, I guess, just if, if we talk about it a, like a little bit. What is your impression of Marcus Freeman? Because I, I, was, I was very impressed when I spoke to him, just the the calmness, the, the collectiveness. And then we, when we spoke to like J.D. Bertrand and Audrey Gastamay in, in Dublin when we met them a few months ago, they love him. Like, I think, I think that says a lot about a guy who's still quite young, you know? Marcus Freeman is one of the guys young guys in coaching you know we, you hear that you hear people talk about this and and 
I think you, because you've had a chance to speak with him directly, Marcus Freeman has it, you know, the it factor. When you sit down with him, you realize you're in the presence of somebody that really, really, really gets it, is sharp, that understands, that communicates, that, that can relate to players, to all of those things. Now, the thing that's, that Marcus Freeman is in is the most intense pressure cooker or one of maybe the five most intense pressure cooker jobs in the entire college football landscape, right? Because of the expectation that's been built at Notre Dame over the last 60 years, right? The national championships, the Heisman Trophy winners, the NFL draft choices, the success, the, the winning percentages, the bowl games, all of it. So the focus, you know, Notre Dame is such a unique animal, Michael. Notre Dame is a small Catholic institution in the Midwest, right? And and this this is a tremendous story. Newt Rockney, who was the probably the first legendary coach at Notre Dame, actually envisioned this whole thing well before it happened. Notre Dame was a small 5,000 student, all-male Catholic school, right? And they became a national power under Rockney and built a 60,000-seat stadium when they have 5,000 students in their university and another 80,000 in the community. Right? You can't fill that stadium, right? But they did. And you look at how it was built. He built it with nothing around it. And they let, they asked him, he said, Newt, what are you guys doing? And he said, because one day there'll be people parking here. And you go to Notre Dame Stadium now, and it's a sea of tailgaters around yeah. it. Their tailgate, it's, I mean, I can't, I can't even describe it to you. On Wednesday before a Notre Dame game, that lot starts to fill up with people who drive from all over the country. Some of them aren't even Notre Dame alumni. Notre Dame has what they refer to as their subway alumni. And those are people who have an affinity or a tie to the school, an emotional tie to the school that never went to the school, right? They are, they are the most iconic brand in college football without a shadow of a doubt. Now, Marcus Freeman has to live up to those expectations right? And that's a tall task. That's a big ask. Notre Dame is one of the only independent teams left in the United States. We see all this conference realignment going. Notre Dame belongs to the ACC and every other sport but one, and that's football. Because Notre Dame football is separate because it's unique, right? They've got their own television contract with NBC, their own television contract. They don't share it with anybody else. It's their money, right? It is an unbelievable, unbelievable opportunity for the fans in Ireland to see maybe something that you may never see again in your lifetime, right? And when that band comes out of that tunnel, right, and they they have the they have a uh, kilted group that comes out first the leprechaun as well and the leprechaun and and da, 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 this is what it's going to hear 
dun, 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 dun. and they they do the special um it, it's it's a special like cadence as they come out and i'm gonna tell you something you if it doesn't get hair up on the back of your neck then you don't have a pulse because it is unbelievable yeah i think the game last year was a good success it was a, it was a, it was a great year but this year it's going to be round but i think it will make the hairs in your back go i i just feel fortunate to be there and obviously thanks to the organizers for credentialing us you know like it's, we just it's signed, very fortunate we just signed a young player here chris carlovecchia and chris was a part of that game last year in dublin he played for nebraska right he's a young linebacker out of traverse city michigan he, and he signed with us after he got cut with the Bronco, by the Broncos. And I asked him the other day, I said, how was your experience in Ireland? And he couldn't say enough good things. He said it was tremendous, the, 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 all the things that they got to see and do, the, the hospitality of the Irish people. The, you know, he, he was shocked, frankly, at the knowledge of the Irish fans and how much they knew about football and understand, understood football. It's 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 a hot ticket. There are thousands of thousands of NFL fans in Ireland. Thousands of fans, obviously in the UK and Europe, that are trying to get over it. Can't get it. That that's how big this is. So that's this is why we're talking about it. Navy won the last game in 2016. They haven't won one since. And uh, so it's going to be really interesting. I guess just just finally, Jeff. Um, do you think they'll be close? Because I'm asking this because they played each other in November last year, and it was 35-32 Notre Dame. Granted. Bar twenty seventeen, every other game has been quite, quite one sided. So, like personally for me, I'd like to see a close game. I think Dublin deserves it, but I feel and I look, I strongly feel, and this would be relevant to any fan in the UK listening to this or beyond. I look at this Saturday, albeit it's in a different stadium. I, I look at this Saturday as a test project for an NFL game in Ireland. There's no doubt about it. I, I don't think there's any question because no, and here's why, no other program is going to bring as much validity to the game as Notre Dame does. And so when when people back in the States turn, in, turn on their televisions and they see 60,000 or whatever Aviva holds or Croke Park holds, right? 48,000 in, in, in Aviva. So it's very small. It's 48,000 Croke Park would hold 82 for American football. So it's this one says very. Hold on, I took you and Richard. I remember it, it is it's small, isn't it? It's quite. It's, but I'm gonna tell you, it's a beautiful venue, and I'm gonna when it's when it's gonna be full and it's gonna be loud, and people back in in America will see that. I think it is a litmus test for an NFL game in Ireland. It's an opportunity for the Irish fans to show off for everybody because no team. No team in college, and I'm talking Alabama, USC, Michigan, no team in college football gets the focus that Notre Dame does, that has the reach that Notre Dame does, right? So there will be plenty of eyes on this game. The Navy the Navy kids are, are heroic. I mean, what they're doing and what, you know, what they put themselves through to be able to play college football. And Kenny told me this one. He said, Jeff, we get on a plane to fly to a, a road game. And he said, before the wheels of the plane are off the ground, every kid's asleep on the plane. And I said, what? 
And he said, they don't sleep. Their schedule is so packedly tight, packed tight with school and football and all the things that they have to do that they don't sleep. When the freshmen come in, right, they're allowed one hour of physical training. You can go to your sport for one hour a day. You know what Kenny would do with them as freshmen? He'd put them in the weight room, shut the lights off, and let them sleep for an hour. That's how much they, they tax these kids. And yet they're able to go out and play at a high level. And they won't, they do not deserve, I mean, excuse me, they do not belong on the field with Notre Dame athletically if you just went player for player. But they're able to play with Notre Dame and teams like Notre Dame because they've got such great character. They play so hard. And it'll be interesting to me to see what Navy's going to do offensively. Are they going to stay with the wishbone? Are they going to stay with the, the option offense? Or are they going to try and come into the 21st century with, you know, a, a more balanced attack. I, I guess the last thing I will say, Jeff, on, on this game, on the Erlingas College Football Classic this Saturday, 7.30 our time. I know Jeff's playing at midnight Irish time, UK time, and I'm sure he'll find a way in BC Place to watch the game privately before he does it. And I'm, I'm joking. You're, you're, you're playing just after this game, aren't you? So you're, you're going to find it hard to watch this game? It's going to be tough because we'll be on a charter heading home. But I certainly, you know, I'll, I'll have my Wi-Fi hooked up and I'll be following it as close as I can. I'll send you some pictures, don't worry. Uh, the, look, the, the big question is this. Sam Hartman, first game of the first game of Notre Dame, and it's in Dublin. I think like that, that is, like, obviously the biggest story that is Notre Dame coming over. The ties it has to Ireland, the Catholic, uh, the Catholic, look, there, there's no getting past it. The Catholic heritage, there, there's a huge mass in Dublin Castle this Saturday at 11 o'clock in the morning and they're going to do the walk to start going to the city. It, like, it's incredible. But Sam Hartman, first game, went from Wake Forest to Notre Dame. Have you seen much of Sam Hartman? Like, I, I would say Sam, Sam Hartman is a talented player. Sam Hartman is a guy that, you know, you, you look at what you're able to... Okay, understand. Wake Forest is the second smallest Division One university in the United States. They play in the ACC against mega powers, you know, people like Pitt, people like Syracuse, people like Boston College, Clemson, North Carolina, North Carolina State. They go in there and battle those people, right, with the smallest enrollment in the in in college football. Sam Hartman put at the controls of the Notre Dame offense. I think it's going to be exciting to watch because he's got talent all around him. Right, the focus will be different than he's ever felt because being the quarterback at Wake Forest is a lot different mm. than the quarterback at Notre Dame. And you look back and you see over your shoulder, oh shit, that's Joe Montana. Oh, there's Rick Meyer. Oh, there's Joe Theismann. Oh, there's Terry Hanratty. I mean, you think about the quarterbacks that have come through Notre Dame, right? I mean. It, how the national championships, all of that history, all of that expectation, all of that focus, all of that attention is now directly on Sam Hardman. How he deals with it is going to tell us a lot about what kind of professional prospect he is. Because if you can serve, if you can survive the 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 focus, if you can survive the glare of the hot lights at Notre Dame as a quarterback then you can survive anywhere. Uh, just, just finally, Global Football, the gift program sees the NFL Academy taking on 
the, the UK NFL Academy taking on uh, a high school on Friday night and there's two other high school games with special guests on Friday night so I think for football fans here it's awesome if you're in the UK fly over you get a radar fly over I've got a floor in my hotel beside the stadium you're more than welcome to DM me and bid at least 200 euro for the floor you can have it there's every hotel room's gone but Jeff I, I wish you were coming over man Ho- hopefully next year we got um, well hopefully not because you know you got the CFL thing going on but sometime we will go to a college game in Dublin and we'll have the crack um, do you want to sign us out? Yep. And again, I'd like to say thank you to all of you who joined us again today and are become a part of the tribe. If you have a chance, say a little prayer, a little pulley for the island of Maui as they fight themselves back from a devastating fire. Um, Michael, it's always a pleasure. And it was really fun today to talk college football and talk Notre Dame and Navy in what what will be, I'm sure, a tremendous, tremendous day out. Great to hear from Nicole as we look forward to this weekend. Great to chat to Nicole as well and appreciate everyone checking out her work. She's going to be the main NBC analyst this year and NBC showing the game, which is also in Sky Sports this weekend. Let's quickly look at Navy. You know, we talked Dara, about the fact that they are not like a normal college. You can't, like, it's not like the transfer portal. It's a Naval Academy. Uh, let's look at one player each. I guess for me, I'm going to look at the wide receiver, Jaden Numbarger. He is currently the second on the depth chart at wide receiver. He missed the whole of the spring training season with an injury but I feel like he could genuinely have I wouldn't say a breakout year but he had 16 catches for 265 yards two touchdowns last season that's an average of 22.1 yards per game he needs to take it up a gear if Navy are going to win on Saturday he needs to get to a point where he's being more productive than the other wide receiver on this roster he needs to try and become active in this game to give Navy a a chance because there's no point in denying it they are the underdog yeah um, it's a it's an offense that doesn't pass the ball in, enough nearly as much as they should in the modern day and so hopefully uh, we see the new offensive coordinator in obviously coming from a Kennesaw State pass the ball a little more there still around the triple option offense but yeah I'm hoping to see a few more passes incorporated my player is going to go on to the defensive side he's called John Marshall uh, which is a great name for a, a naval offense well, Irish yeah fair enough yeah <laughs> he, uh, he's about like a sort of hybrid linebacker safety it's a position that they actually call striker. Now, goodness knows it's been a long time since we've had a good striker in the Aviva Stadium. <laughs> Hopefully, Evan Ferguson well, yeah, can change yeah, that yeah. In, the, in the time to go. But yeah, Marshall, he's just, he, he's a, essentially, he's just going to blitz flat out. He's uh, had seven sacks in his last four games last year. Two of those came against Notre Dame. He's an absolute, he's like firing out of a cannon, unbelievable uh, pace and aggression that comes after offensive linemen with. So I'm especially going to be looking out for him uh, against that enormous Notre Dame offensive line that'll be a really good matchup to watch yeah it's it's that that's going to be key because he's going to be literally the key man to stop them on Saturday as well uh, and yeah I mean you mentioned Evan Ferguson I think Darren Randolph was alright to be fair though <laughs> Darren Randolph was very good I believe his dad was like a basketball player or something I, like that I was sitting over there one night and he, he was clean flew and goal and he skied it and the whole place started laughing he, he was great he was oh, great. he was amazing who have you got for Navy I've decided to pick Dabo Fofana who He's a fullback, but since it's a triple option offense, the fullback is actually more important than in any other offense pretty much because he blocks, but not only that, he actually gets a chance to run and not just in short yardage situations. He's he's small enough. He's only five foot eight, but he had about 750 yards last year, six touchdowns, and his actually his second biggest game came against Notre Dame last year, and it was 133 yards, and he got a touchdown against them in what was eventually a really close game. And he's extremely interesting guy. In his freshman season, he spent the first half of the year as part of the Navy 
like orchestra and he played the cello and his I believe his family's from the Ivory Coast and he's from I believe he's from Georgia or something like that and he's just really interesting because every highlight you see of him he gains yards and like someone gets a hand on him and he breaks free every single time so he breaks the first tackle every time and to be honest when you're watching fullbacks there's nothing better than just watching a good fullback they're the most they're they're a dying breed in pretty much every offense but they're so fun when you actually have an offense that uses one effectively you know like the Kyle Juszczyk's or Patrick Ricard's all of those type of guys so I'm really really excited to see uh, Dabo Fofana this year and for people that weren't aware of it Navy as well a couple of guys actually got ties to Ireland uh, the senior wide receiver Colin O'Connor and junior tight end DJ Donovan uh, O'Connor's great grandparents are immigrants from Ireland and were born near Dublin both of his great grandfathers Patrick Joseph O'Connor and Patrick Joseph Murphy came to the United States came to the United States in the early 1900s and settled in the New York City area uh, he volunteered for the U.S. Army not long after settling in America, so he's continued that uh, service. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Donovan's great-grandfather, Daniel Donovan, was born in Ireland in 1910 in Castle Island, County Kerry. That's he 20 minutes away. Well, brothers and sisters. Tommy, Tommy, but would love that. His great-grandfather, <laughs> Margaret Mohan, was born in Tipperary. They both immigrated to the United States at different times, but met in New York at an Irish dance. Uh, so approximately 20 members of Donovan's family are traveling to attend this game. And his family are planning to visit the farm where his great grandfather grew up. Well, this boy here, have Mr. To, Lee, is going to have to head to Cali. I think Colin was one to, of them. Have to, we'll have to. <laughs> we'll have to. We'll have to get him over to the road to Tralee before it ends this week. Um, you know, it should be good fun. Maybe he can be one of the escorts for one of the roses. That would be even better. Well, but at this point, the rose Tralee is over. So was that was there anymore? But who knows who's won it? And um, if they're not all on the on the field on Saturday with the Cliffords, Shawnee Shannell. They've missed, they've missed the point here. I, I won't even ask that, that's, that's it, it shows you the significance that this island's had all, that's had on the States as well. And one thing, talking about the significance of the US and Ireland working together, is this high school game that's taking place on Friday. You've got six different schools, including the Junior Irish Wolfhounds, which is a national team here for us. And also the NFL Academy are coming from, from London, and they're buzzing about it. Lopez Inusi is originally from Belfast, and he has a chance of making it now in college football, so we want to wish him the very, very best. I had the chance to chat to Patrick Steenberg from the Gift Games ahead of this on Friday, which is taking place in Energy Park. Here's myself and Patrick chatting with one of the head coaches of one of the high schools. Okay, folks, welcome into a special No Football Ireland episode as we're getting set. It's a big week in Ireland. It's a big week for the game here. It's obviously the game on Saturday between Notre Dame and Navy is taking place in the stadium, but there's an equally interesting and great event happening this week with the event in Energy Park in Donnybrook, formerly Donnybrook Stadium, the gift event. It's Dublin Friday Lights triple header between multiple schools, high schools. you got Bonner and Prenny High School against the NFL Academy, Seton Hall against Baylor, and then the AFI Irish Wolfhounds are going to go up against the Community School of Naples. It's all part of Global Football's initiative, and I'm delighted to welcome, firstly, Patrick Seinberg to pre-game, as we call it. Patrick, how are you doing? You good? I'm well, Michael. Yeah, thanks for having having us on here. We're uh, fired up. We've been getting ready for about two years, so it's almost time to play ball. Before we before we bring in Coach Fitzgerald, Patrick, just uh, just talk to us around this project. So for anyone watching or listening to this, talk to us about this gift project and what you're aiming not just to do this year, but next year also. Actually, is uh, something I I wanted to do long ago. I started the global football organization in 1996, so this is year 27. 
and I brought some, uh, mainly been working with a lot of the division three colleges. And I brought a number, a number of those teams over to Ireland, as well as, you know, to the UK, to Spain, to Italy, different countries. Uh, and I've had some high school teams, but when Notre Dame and Navy announced that they were going to play in Ireland back in 2012, uh, our travel partners with the Anthony travel group, that's where they're based is at Notre Dame. And so John Anthony and I talked about, you know, getting involved in, in bringing high school teams. So that, that year in 2012, we brought 12 teams, played three double headers in, uh, Donnybrook and Parnell park and out in Navin at park Talton. So it was a great success. And then we kept going in 2014 when Penn state and central Florida were there, I brought a couple of PA schools. And then in 16, we had a triple header, uh, again with, uh, you know, different schools from different states, which coach Fitzgerald was part of that event. So. And we've just been waiting for COVID to stop and for people to start traveling again. So now we've uh, we've got it going. And, and I'm actually, as we talk here, like just today, I was talking with some other schools about next year. You know, Florida State and Georgia Tech have already announced for next year. So I've got other schools now that are rolling in now that they can plan it as an annual event. So I, I see it just expanding, but it's just, it's really good high school football. Um and uh, in the 2016 games, the triple header there, there were five guys that actually played on those teams that went on to be starters at Notre Dame uh, on their defense. And uh, one of them is still playing because of COVID. Uh, their defensive captain, J.D. Bertrand, uh, will be playing against the Naval Academy. So it's good high school football. Patrick, that, that seems really, really interesting, ju- just generally for, for fans here, because it's one thing watching the NFL then going to the college game and actually seeing where it's at. We've all watched Friday Night Lights over here. So actually having the opportunity to see it really in person is going to be awesome. And to have Coach Fitzgerald on from Seton Hall is is awesome. Coach, firstly, welcome. Welcome in. Really appreciate you taking your time to, to chat to us ahead of this big event on Friday night. Well, I'm excited to be uh, on this call with Patrick and you, Michael. And, um, you know, we're getting ready for the game this week. And, uh, you know, trying to stay focused on, um, on 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 the task at hand, which is, is playing a great Baylor team. So we're we're honored to be part of this um, this event and, and honored to to share the field with a great opponent. Talk to us around your sort of background in the disc coach, because you, you were talking off screen before we started recording that this isn't your first rodeo doing this gift event. No, I was a part of uh, the 2016 team, uh, 2016 game. Um, when I was an assistant at St. Peter's in, in New Jersey and Patrick and I stayed in touch. Um, we both have, a, uh, obviously Patrick is a, a Notre Dame legend and, and I was a, grew up a Notre Dame fan. So we had a, a bunch of mutual connections and um, stayed in touch over the years and, and met uh, many times at the uh, American Football Coaches Association convention um, at different places in, in January every year. And you know, we just stayed in touch, and uh, I became the head coach here at Seton Hall Prep in 2018, and I knew that that our school would really dive into this uh, opportunity, uh, you know, when we were ready to. And uh, after COVID and uh, some success that we had on the field, and and, and our administration really wanted to, uh, to take part in this, and they've just done a tremendous job in supporting our players, our families, our school at this. So we're excited to bring a a large contingent uh, over to Dublin. Talk to us, coach, about that contingent you're bringing over. You, you, you're, you're going up against a school from, from Tennessee in, in Baylor. 
Um, for just for people that are listening, watching this, uh, maybe aren't aware of Seton Hall or just 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 where it's located. Talk to us about Seton Hall and just sort of your your plans for the week and for Friday. Sure. So Seton Hall Prep is about 15 minutes west of New York City. Um, we're minutes from Newark Airport. Um, we are the oldest Catholic school in uh, the state of New Jersey. And uh, we have a rich tradition, not only athletically, but, but academically and service-wise. And uh, it's a great place to work. And uh, we have a, a large uh, Irish background. Um, our, our headmaster, uh, Headmaster, our headmaster father, or my senior, um, Michael Kelly, is uh, as Irish as they come, and um, he's excited to, to to send us send us over there. He won't be joining us, but he will be with us in spirit. Um, and uh, you know, we have a Gaelic society. We march in the the West Orange uh, St. Patrick's Day parades. Our quarterback's first name is Liam. Uh, we have a tight end O'Sullivan. We have a, a lineman McKee, Irish background, so um, it, it adds a little extra flavor to this whole thing. It's, it's it's unbelievable just to sort of hear Patrick just from what coach said there now the the connections there and how I think sometimes being from here we, we, we might take it for granted but like just seeing what you set up there and even what coach has talked about like just the school itself um, I, I guess Patrick for you, you you must take a great sense of pride in being able to organise something like this and you see the development of this from when it was last held here to now and I guess the team that a lot of us will not just be aware of obviously you've got the Irish Wolfhounds the youth team there which is fantastic to see and we've seen the great work that went on at the European Flag Football Championships recently in Limerick um, but you know you, you, you've you got that gap of you've got soft soft core hardcore NFL fans in Ireland and then you know the more hardcore ones will be very aware of the NFL Academy and what they're trying to do we've seen guys go from the NFL Academy and make it into the NFL and um, and there's there's a guy that played with the Belfast Trojans, Lopez Sanusi, who is currently with, uh, is just sorry, is leaving the NFL Academy this year. So a, a lot of people are very aware of it. I think it's it. First off, it's it's great to have the Wolfhounds involved, and obviously great to have every team involved. But it's 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 cool to see that connection with the NFL Academy in London, who are doing a lot as well over there to try and promote the game. So it's it's a natural progression to have them playing uh, Bonner and Prady, uh this Friday at, at midday. Yeah, I've, I've, in everything I've done since I started global football is try to unite student athletes from different parts of the world. You know, most of my trips, when I take the Division three colleges and some high schools, we'll just play against a team. You know, whether it be in Spain or or Italy or France or Ireland. You know, uh, this event we've been able to weave in some of the teams, and yeah, now that the AFI organization you know really seems to be on their feet in a, in a positive way it's, it's great to be able to work with them uh Aiden's been really good to to work with putting it together from his end and then you know the NFL Academy obviously brings another level you know of visibility to it uh their original coach there for many years Tony Allen was a long long time friend still a dear friend and I he's the one who asked about getting them into this about a year ago he called me up and said hey if you're still doing that event in ireland we need to play some american teams you know we need to get uh so it'll be interesting just to see that matchup because nobody's going to have any film really to you know because they get a lot of new kids they've got a new coach there uh so that's there's a lot of interesting aspects of this from the football side as well as the cultural side and as uh, bill mentioned you know it's it's really important that these american kids get over there and they spend a couple of days 
embedding themselves into the Irish culture. You know, the fact that they're going to stay on the UCD campus, I think, is outstanding. They're going to see what a college campus is like in Ireland. You know, they're going to train on the on the on the fields, or they're going to eat breakfast in the in the halls. Um, my daughter actually did graduate school over at UCD. That was uh, uh, when I was uh, working closely with Brian Mullins uh, to to put a lot of this together. So it's there's a lot of elements to this, and I know from Coach Fitzgerald, all the coaches are focused, you know, on that time on the field. Obviously, that's their goal is to perform as best they can, have their kids ready to play. And I know that all, all the team will be, you know, it's early season, but they'll be ready to play and show off, you know, a really good level of high school football, which is the stepping stone, as I mentioned, to the kids that then would go to Notre Dame or to the Naval Academy or to Georgia Tech, you know. Um, I think anybody who loves football, and from what I hear, nobody's getting a ticket to the Notre Dame Navy game unless you got one in hand or you got a couple thousand euros, right? <laughs> so, so I yeah. think... Uh, Anybody who wants to watch some good football, uh, the old Donnybrook Stadium is going to be rocking all day Friday. I'm going to put the bio, the link in the bio, and the, that, that includes the podcast YouTube as well, folks. Do check it out. I'm going to be down there, uh, hopefully chatting to Bill here as well. Bill, to talk to us, because I, I talked to um, Coach Newbury with Navy a few days ago and spoke to him around, around making the trip. I think sometimes, you know, it's it's easy to glance over something like this. Like this, this is a huge deal for 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 your lads, for for you know for for your players that are, I'd say like the vast majority of them are you know maybe getting outside of America for the first time and actually experiencing a different country. But it's almost like a mini training camp, isn't it? They're they're going to be able to have that relationship and and deepen bonds with each other this week. Absolutely, um, you know, first time on a plane for some of the for some of uh for some of our players, um, and, and we're we're you know we're focused as, as Patrick said on on getting ready for the game here there's it's gonna this trip is I feel gonna pay dividends for us you know we're gonna be stuck together you know from from Tuesday morning when we're at school and we practice and we get on the plane all the way to you know Sunday afternoon you know basically a full week together um so I think you know we'll make some more connections like you said um you know it is like a mini training camp as as far as the uh you know the the uh affective side goes so to speak so um you know we're excited about that excited to spend time we're going to meet some great people i know that's going to happen the people of dublin and the irish people are are just so tremendous so welcoming um that's one of the reasons maybe the main reason why i i wanted to come back and do this um because i know that uh i know that our guys are going to love it and uh the way that patrick organizes it it's uh it's top notch it's a first class operation it's like a bowl game um just at the beginning of the season so there's a lot of work to do for the game, um, but we're going to enjoy the uh, the other parts of of Dublin as well. Yeah, Patrick's pretty spot on, folks. It's it's borderline impossible to get a ticket for this game on Saturday in the Aviva. So delighted, Patrick, that you were able to get all these lads and ladies into the game on Saturday. It's a, it's a great experience for them as well. Um, I guess, Patrick, ju- just while we're here, uh, obviously Bill's on and he's from Seton Hall. Could you maybe talk to us just around some of the other schools that we haven't got on this call right now and just just talk about like for example Bonner and Brandy but the the community school in Naples as well I'm, I'm led to believe that there's young fans traveling over from Florida as well or so it's it's really so much more than just looking at a poster and seeing these school names there's so many people coming over so many ties to Ireland as well 
you know, there's, there's really solid history at each of these schools, but they're all uniquely different. You know, like Bill said, the Seton Hall prep has been around a long time uh, in New Jersey and a real powerhouse in, in the New Jersey Catholic league, which is one of the very best leagues in America, you know, and they turn out some great students as well as some great student athletes uh, out of that place uh, that fits Bonner and Trendy uh, is in Delaware County, a suburb of Philadelphia. And they told me that it's nicknamed the 33rd County of Ireland. It's such an Irish uh, uh, contingent of people living there. In fact, they're getting brand new Kelly Green uniforms. They're coming in all green. When they come running out to, into Energia Park, uh, they're going to be lit up for the, they want the Irish fans supporting them uh, as they play against the NFL Academy. You know, So they want to be the, ho the home team uh, for the Irish. So I think that'll be, uh, really fun. It, it's two schools. It was a boys' school and a girls' school that combined together, which has happened a lot uh, in in our country. Um, but they've got Jack Muldoon, a pretty Irish guy, as their head coach, uh, and he's he's got his guys ready. Um, they had a very good year last year. He's replacing a lot of talent, uh, but they're excited as is the whole kind of city of Philadelphia, which is obviously big Irish country. Um, community school in Naples is a smaller private school in Naples, Florida, obviously a beautiful part of the, of the world. Um, they came over also in 2016 and played, uh, one of the teams from Atlanta and, uh, are they've got a new athletic trip came in a year ago. Some people may know, um, Eugene Chung is his name and he's got a new England Patriots Super Bowl ring. He was part of that team as an offensive lineman. And he, he now is the, came in as athletic director about a year ago. And uh, from talking to some of my buddies, it sounds like they're, they've been able to get some new big offensive linemen uh, to show up to play against uh, the Irish team, the Junior Wolfhounds. And that's going to be a fascinating game because they keep asking me, what, what are the Wolfhounds like? I said, I had no idea. <laughs> you know, I've, I've seen uh, the senior level teams play and I've, I've gone to a couple of junior games. But I know that the sport of American football is evolving so quickly in Ireland, you know, and I've, I've been around it enough to know that the GAA is the powerhouse. And, you know, my kid's young. He's playing GAA. He's playing that form of football or early. And that's how they develop their skills, which is awesome. When uh, George O'Leary was over there before the Georgia Tech game, UCF game, when he played, I, I went to a Crow Park with him. And after watching that game, he said every athlete, every youngster should play Gaelic football because it's left, right, up, down, forward, backward, both hands, both feet. It's just an incredible sport for that. Um, so the young, the young men who are playing Gaelic sports can evolve and move into the into the American football scene. And it sounds like there's a, a big attraction. I know the Steelers now have identified Ireland as a global market for them, uh, and I'm quite sure we're going to have a Steeler representative at our at our games. Uh, especially for the third game, he wants to watch the Irish team uh, perform there against, you know, against the uh, Naples team. So, yeah, we're going to bring people from all over the country um, and in different parts to Ireland for that. Estimates are there's going to be 40,000 Americans in Dublin that week. So it, it's not a great time to go meet the Irish. <laughs> They're going to be a, there'll be plenty of Americans, but we're going to focus it. We're going to blend in, like I said, some educational things, you know, some some time away. Uh, and then Saturday afternoon, we have a really fun, it's a, it's a private event, but we've got Crow Park for our awards luncheon. So all of our teams are going to be, you know, imagine we're going to have like 500 people in the 84,000 
Pro Park, and uh, they've set that up for us to do our awards lunch and we'll have big screen video. That I think that's going to be kind of a magical afternoon for the boys. Uh, we are also our we're honoring the guy who is really kind of the godfather of this event was Brian Mullins, a true icon in Gaelic sports and the uh, director of sport at UCD for many years. And he just, from the first time I met him, he took me under his wing and directed me and helped me meet people and told me who to talk with, who not to talk with, you know, and just a, a great, great man who, you know, passed away sadly about a year ago, but we got to honor him. Uh, with our Global Ambassador Awards for each team, we'll recognize one of their players. And we'll do that at Pro Park, have a video of Brian. So we're trying to wrap in, you know, giving them the first thing they're going to do when they hit the ground is they're going to go to Nafina and learn uh, learn Gaelic football and uh, hurling. So all the boys that get off the plane, I want to get them active right away. And they're going to go do that. So they're going to start with the Gaelic sports, play our American football in between, and then end up there and then over to the Aviva for the Notre Dame Navy game that evening. So it's... It'll be a full week. Coach, I think, and ju- just to echo in terms of in terms of Brian Mullins, w- w- one of the best Gaelic players that ever played for Dublin. There, there, there's so many things, Bill, that Patrick said there. Um, and I, I know you've been over here before, but from going to a game at Crook Park and just being in events in Crook Park, like when there's no sport being played, that'll be a hell of experience for just for those guys on the Saturday that lunch as well. Um, just, just, just finally, Bill, for me, uh, for yourself. For people watching or listening to this, like, you know, I think a lot of us, like, we, we, we have that mindset of an NFL season, 17, 18 weeks of games with all the prep beforehand, the college football season goes on to December. This is, it's such a big deal for you guys, but you, your season only goes to the end of October. And I'm right in thinking as well, like, this would be a home game for you guys in that sense, um, you know, originally. Um, talk to us about your season because it, it is quite short and it almost makes this game even more significant as well, doesn't it? Well, the, the game season is short. It's true. But, um, you know, here at our level, at our school and our league, you know, it's a 12-month commitment. Um, you know, January 3rd, our our team started off-season training. Um, we were in the weight room four days a week, you know, January through May, and then we were able to get onto the field in June. And, you know, we started training camp here two weeks ago. So um, it's a lot of preparation for – you know, we're only guaranteed not uh, 10 games. We're only guaranteed to play 10 games. So our season could end the first week in November. Um, so this game is very important because it has implications, even though it's an out-of-state team, for our playoffs. So um, every single game is important. We only play one one a week, and we practice, you know, the six other days. So um, our guys will, will, will be sure to be locked in because – you don't get that many opportunities to play football. It's not like any, you know some of the other sports where you can play a couple times a week. Um, but we're looking forward to it. It's an historic uh, opportunity for our school. Uh, you know, I would say it's once in a lifetime, but I'm going to do it twice. Um, but you know, it's 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 really special, and we are honored to be a part of it. And I'm so grateful to our school and our administration and our families and alumni for helping us to get over there, and and we will represent. Uh, seeing all prep to the very best of our ability. Absolutely, and ju- just finally, Patrick. Um, you know, one thing that I haven't mentioned, you you said about some special guests there off record, but um, we've got the competition with Tag Leader at, at halftime as well. That, that happened in the college game last year. It was, it was fantastic. I th- I think we all feel you know we an honour to be very part of this special day. I guess just just to round up, 
Sally event to anyone listening to this sitting in Belfast, Kerry, Donegal going, oh, I might go down to Dublin on Friday. Yeah, as you mentioned, Tag uh, is getting to be a, a well-known character, I guess, in, in Ireland, helping young men uh, who want to kick in America, help teaching them and helping them find a place, find a school in America. So, yeah, they're going to do their, they're going to, I guess they're doing a series of competitions around Ireland over the next, you know, prior to this week. And then on on a Friday at halftime of the our game two and game three, so the Seton Hall prep and then the other the AFI game afterwards, they're going to do a semifinals and finals, you know, just take 10 minutes of our halftime while our guys are recouping, and they're going to go out and have a kicking contest with Tag, you know, kind of getting it all done for them. So it, you know, that's something exciting going to happen right there at halftime of our game and then to see some young Irish guys, you know, hoping to play in, a, in America. Uh, we've got the, the Naples team brought a, I think, 30 cheerleaders with them. Uh, so folks who want to see American cheerleaders, you got 30, uh, 30 of them coming from Naples, Florida, who got to cheer on uh, against, against the AFI team. <laughs> so uh, against your junior Wolfhounds. So maybe the Wolfhounds will come up with some, some cheerleaders too, or at least, at least there'll be plenty of fans, which yeah, it's a full day, three games. Uh, you know, it's, it's a very nice stadium. Everybody knows Donnybrook there. They put all new seats in on the, on the seated side of about 2,500 seats and then standing room. So I think we'll get a good crowd turning over throughout the day. And, uh, yeah, the tickets are just 10 euro for students, 20 for adults, and you could stay all day. You could, uh, you could watch eight, nine hours of football if, you, if you're so inclined. And we'll have a chipper van there. And, uh, at the end, the effective and the Wesley, uh, centers will be open for people who want some food and drink. So I'm looking, I'm looking forward to a, a great day. In fact, uh, Seton Hall, they're doing a, a special pregame party up there at the old Wesley, uh, up, upstairs. They branded it out for their alumni and their parents, so they're going to get ready for uh, for some Irish American football Irish style. Well, I I know when they market the Ireland's College Football Classic as uh, m- much more than a game. It, there there there's one thing in saying it, but when you actually chat to you guys here, lads, you can you can really see and like folks, Patrick's bang on there. You know, you got your your game starting at twelve o'clock with the NFL Academy playing. You can see local lads as well playing US talent then you got Seton Hall against Baylor and the AFI Junior Wolfhounds get down and see them against Naples at 7 o'clock it goes on all day I'm going to be there in some form or not so please do say hello if you do get there folks but if you're on the fence and you're interested in doing something or if you're working the 4 or 5 o'clock and you can't make it come for the game later on in the evening pop in anytime universe.com and you can also check out globalfootball.com but if you go to universe.com and search for those tickets or if you're somehow stuck after not finding that or getting the link in the bio, hit me up on social media or hit us up as well and we, 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 we put it in your direction. Um, Coach Fitzgerald, just want to wish you the very, very best luck as well. And Patrick, thank you so much just for your help as well, lads. And we're, we're very much looking forward to this and hope you enjoy the games on Friday and enjoy the game on Saturday. I hope we get a chance to relax on Saturday as well. Okay, that was Patrick and also good, great chat with Bill. I'm really excited for this on Friday. I, I, I know you boys aren't going to be in the Saturday. Uh, big shout out also to Tag Leader who is doing his Kicking King competition. The winner on Friday gets an opportunity to go to the Pittsburgh Steelers against the Baltimore Ravens in October. All inclusive, so shout out to the Steelers for that. Can we also give a shout out to the Arlingus College Football Classic as I literally reach and nearly fall for these lovely caps. I'm going to make you wear that now for this season. Uh, go go for it I mean I haven't had the paper out of it it'll be grand 
uh, collegefootballireland.com, click on shop or head to Dame Street this week. It's open all week and you can literally order online and pick up before game day. they got hoodies, everything. Appreciate the, the caps, lads. And a big, big thanks to Scott for coming on. And we also appreciate the coverage as well. You can check our information in our bio for the 2024 game. Let's look at the 2023 game. Notre Dame Navy this Saturday. Let's let's make our picks. I think next week for week one, we'll make our picks for the year. Who's going to win it all at the end of the year? But we'll, we'll do that in the proper podcast next week. Um, I'll go first. The last time these two guys played each other, last year there was three points and it was like 36, 33 or something like that there. I, I don't think it'll be as close this year. I think if we're getting to the third quarter and it's relatively, if there's seven to 10 points in it, I'll be a happy man personally. I think when you've got the element of Sam Hartman's first game in Dublin, it's going to be difficult for Navy to come out and really put on a show. I'm going to say Notre Dame will win 42-21, but you're looking at a lot of that will come in the fourth quarter. I think Hartman puts on a performance, and let's be clear here, we're not just saying this because we're in Ireland. This game is being watched across the states. This is the big game at the weekend, and everyone, especially with the time as well. Uh, 42-21, who have you got? I'm going to have to agree with you. I feel like I'm Lee Corso here at the head here. I'm going to have to throw that off. Um, I think Notre Dame's going to take this one. I feel like Navy can cover the spread. I think it's around 17 points we're looking at a spread. I feel like Navy can cover that. Uh, I think Notre Dame get out ahead early. They're going to be keen to try out this fancy new toy that is Sam Hartman in this offense. I think they're going to you're going to see some fireworks here early on. I'm hoping for fireworks early on. Um, so I, I think I'm going 42 to 24 which is, it's, it's similar, I know, it's a, I, I think we're going to see points from both sides. I think it could be a case of Navy crawling back a few constellation touchdowns towards the end. Nebraska were very, very far, very far ahead of Northwestern at one point in this game last year, and they defied everything and came back, and that was one hell of a game. Come on, are we going to get a game like that on Saturday? Let I, us hope. I, I've gone for a more closer scoreline than one you've decided to go for because I believe in the Navy defense. I also think that you look pat through all the past scores, like it's been really, really close kind of every single year. And this is also a, this is a rivalry game. So like it's, it's, it's a game that everyone wants to get up for and everyone knows the significance of it. But I do see Notre Dame winning this. There's, I don't think there's anyone going against me on that, but I have it been a bit closer. I have 27 to 21 Notre Dame win. You know, I, I think it's, it'll be a tough game. You know, if this option offense can waste a bit of clock, you know, with all that run and they do, it, it'll be closer than what I think you expect it to be. Well, let's see what happens. Uh, obviously, this uh, this segment is presented by Italy Sport, the official betting partner of the NFL in Ireland and the UK. The odds for the game are below us right now. 18 plus, please be gamble aware. Please do gamble responsibly. Big thanks to 88 for the sponsorship this year. We really appreciate it. But that's us for week zero. Big thanks to the Ireland College Football Classic for letting us use the Aviva, for Scott for coming on, for every one of our guests that have come on, for home field, you can use Ireland code Ireland for 15% off and just for everybody taking part in this for you lads coming down here we'll be back for week one next week where I think we'll look at it in more detail we'll get your interesting picks for not just who the champion is going to be but what college gets a fourth spot in the playoff but for Michael McQuaid Dark Harder Connell Diggin we're off to practice for our halftime show on Saturday I think is, is it us or Daniel O'Donnell or who is it? <laughs> you know uh, here thanks so much big thanks to Ireland it's College Football Classic and good luck to everybody coming down to Dublin on Saturday we'll hopefully see you there